Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to Phil's Recap and Review, The Game of Thrones, Season 2, Episode 4, Garden of Bones. This episode originally aired on April 22nd, 2012. And tonight, you have me, Phil, the Issues Guy, Joe Dirty Locks, Katie Crow. We're all going to birth our shadow babies right on the air here. We're going to just... Oh, God. I Some things I didn't need to see again for... Oh, my gosh. I wanted to see a naked Melisandre. It wasn't doing that. No, absolutely I had, not. I had successfully suppressed that memory. There was a lot of this season in general that just kind of, I I didn't quite remember it exactly the way it happened. A few interactions. I forgot about the Renly and Stannis encounter that we had in this episode. It's a, But another really fun episode of Game of Thrones. And as I mentioned, I have Joe Dirty Locks and Katie Crow. Also have the mother F in chat. Holy shit. The chat's going crazy already. If you guys want to reach me, you can always jump in the chat live and share your thoughts right with everybody or email me at igotissuesman at gmail.com. You can tweet me at igotissuesman. You can call in when we open the phone lines at 781-990-8509. There's also a chat wing chat room. Oh, we're here. Oh my goodness, what a fun episode of Game of Thrones. It was really great to get back into it again and watch these two episodes very close back to back. Season two is not a season I'm very familiar with and it's fun to see these kind of things again, to see full crazy Melisandre when she just didn't give a fuck. Oh, I guess... I don't think yeah, <laughs> I was just—I was just gonna say. I guess in the most recent season, she she uh she's she's burned burned a few very important people, so yeah, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. So Daenerys is also back in this episode where she wasn't in last week's episode, but we have no Jon Snow, nothing for the Night's Watch tonight. But it's a big episode. A lot of stuff happens. Let's not waste any time and let's get right into our recap. Cause there's a lot to babble through in this episode tonight. We got Tim, Tom, Lola, Critch, Ren. Welcome Ren. Oh, all of our good friends are joining us live Vince. on a Sunday evening. It's, Richard. what was that? Vincent Critchard. Yo, Vincent Critchard. Yep. Awesome. So great to see all of you guys. And I hope you guys are having a good Sunday evening and had a good weekend. We will try to be out here pretty much every Sunday until The Walking Dead comes back to do these Game of Thrones Season 2 recaps as we catch up and as we pump and push our way to Season 6 of Game of Thrones. It's getting closer. I mean, as things have, have a habit of doing. It's getting closer every goddamn day. And, and seeing this is somewhat salivating me and somewhat make giving me blue balls and anticipation to, for season six stuff that's on its way. Mm-hmm. So I, But what's good is, as we were mentioning at the beginning here, a lot of new stuff, stuff I didn't remember, and especially right off the beginning of this episode, I forgot about this, this whole scene, <laughs> this, this scene that's all based around someone farting. And... And uh, I thought that was pretty fucking hilarious. I, I forgot how great fart humor is in Westeros. It's timeless. Yeah. Vince says, I remember when this episode first aired, a friend of mine quit the show because at this point, aside from the dragons, he thought the series was going to be more realistic than Shadow Baby. <laughs> and what? Yeah, no, it, it shocked me too. Like, as much as we've had, and even though we had dragons, this kind of was like a little bit of a really moment for me as well. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Even in the book. It's interesting also to look back and see how the ratings for Game of Thrones started to progress. It didn't really... I was looking at the ratings just before the episode to kind of see. This season all averaged around a few more, like a million more than season one. And the show wasn't 
the complete word of mouth type thing that it is or that it became post probably you could say post the end without saying what it is post the end of season three really kind of catapulted this show a little bit more into the mainstream of people talking about it because I remember when I first saw this which was later I couldn't find a lot of people to talk about it I was like oh you watch Game of Thrones watch Game of Thrones it but now you say that and a lot of you know tons of hands will go up for people that are into Game of Thrones response yeah and al says fart humor never gets old <laughs> and where was the fart humor did i miss something that was the very beginning very beginning episode. as two, we uh dudes two dudes yeah two dudes that are talking about who would win in a fight between the mountain jamie lannister and loris tyrell the, one suggests that it's the no. mountain one says it could because loris could be the best with the sword and the other Which is mountain <laughs> uh, yeah, there was a strange dude there this episode. And uh, yeah, who who was that guy? Who was that tall guy? He he should play basketball. Was that I think that was, no, that was Toman. Toman? Oh, uh, was that Toman? No. We'll we'll get know. we'll get to this guy that they were telling us is the mountain in a little bit. But one the guy also one of the guys says, "How good can Loris Terrell be with a sword? He's been stabbing Renly Baratheon for years, and Renly ain't dead." What I want to bring up here is. Uh, is it seems that in the show universe that okay it makes it less important later when Littlefinger is like hush hush I hear I hear Renly hasn't slept in your bed if and that's Littlefinger making it seem like it's a big thing but right now we see that three bum useless red shirt Lannister soldiers also know that Renly and Loras are doing it so it's so it's no secret everybody knows the whole court knows everybody knows people have been talking about Renly's Renly's Loris isn't the only person Renly's had affairs with. It's yeah. not like a big secret. Um, I don't think it's it's like as big a deal as it. Well, it's just publicly unspoken. Yeah, no, I get. No, I'm not saying it's a big deal, but I. Get, it's more to what Katie's saying. It's it it's made it makes out to seem in some scenes that it's like oh, I don't talk about that. Mm. Hush, hush. And in this scene, we just have three Alsorans babbling about it. So it can't really be that big of a secret it's to keep, no, to keep no. everyone to be like, shh, shh about it. If I mean, there are guards. Quotes, I do air quotes around. Secret. <laughs> there are guards everywhere. And like guard, these guards have a locker room, you know, right. They're not just like walking home three miles to their, uh, to the barracks or something, you know, like, like there's just like, of course they talk, they talk, they see people out walking around at night. Going from room to room. Mm-hmm. I saw Renly last night. He was on his way to the uh, the pool. <laughs> so it wasn't Loris. He was wearing his leather robe. The bathhouse. Well, is her own tent, too. Like, that's just going to make people whisper no matter what. Yeah. That's kind of confirmation for everyone. Yeah, it is. That's, that's especially strange. Like, again, I got to bring up that I, I feel like this would have been talked about between Loris and Marjorie. This would have been like, they're already married. They're now, you know, she's like, hey, invite your invite my brother along, whatever, as long as we get this done. So it's kind of strange to me that there's uh, they didn't work this out. They didn't talk about what two tents might mean. 
and also good point from uh, uh, your two tenths. <laughs> Tenthful. Oh, three tenths in that case. <laughs> three tenthful. Uh Kurtz's, Kurtz's talk about the royals and the nobles is gossip for the lower class, just like celebrity yeah, culture absolutely. is today. Good, oh, great yeah. point. Vince absolutely. says, I like how this captures the reality of wartime situations. Like we get this casual chat between soldiers to remind us that all sides in the war are being fought by regular people. Yep. That, that's, that's something yep. that I have to say I really enjoy about Deep Space Nine. I look for an excuse to bring up Deep Space Nine. But that's something I like about Deep Space Nine as well when we get uh, episodes that focus, <laughs> focus on that, just to bring that out completely out of co- contrast. Uh, Tim, settle an argument, cheesecake or fart jokes. Well, when I eat cheesecake, it equals fart jokes. It's kind of a cause and response situation there. Cheesecake equals farts. So so it's ve- very, very, very on point on that. And Lola, damn, I never noticed it before, but it looks to me as maybe if Rob warged into Grey Wind. There, there was definitely something there. And I also have to say how much I enjoy on this rewatch even more so than my other rewatches is seeing more Rob because in between Mm. watching it and then listening to the audiobooks again, you don't get a lot of Rob or anything from really Rob's perspective because he doesn't have any perspective chapters in the book. So it's really fun to see all this Rob stuff again because I forgot a lot of it or it just isn't as fresh to me because of, I don't know, he becomes such an important character later that you can't focus on his past. This this was a great episode for yelling at the TV because we kind of know what happens in the future. Feel free, feel free to disclose. We decided last week that as much as we want to, and by the way, everybody, if you have only watched up to season two of Game of Thrones right now, be prepared to be spoiled for future events. We can't control our season six nope. excitement anymore. It's, it's you've had myself. four years to yeah, watch. You it. had four years. We're sorry if you were watching a <laughs> recap four years or whatever. How many years later? It's about four years later. Watching Game of Thrones about a Game of Thrones season two episode. You haven't watched the rest of Game of Thrones. Then we're, we're really sorry. Turn this off and watch. Watch it and come back. But I, I agree with you, Kate. We've done past season four on the channel was right after the show, mm-hmm. but starting Katie, at season one, season four, episode one. But Katie, I, I agree with you a hundred a hundred percent about that. It, it's it's very 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 true, and uh, mostly at Rob in this episode. Yeah. Don't talk. Don't no. Turn around. <laughs> nope. She's not hot. Turn around. <laughs> Oh, look at her with all that blood on nope, her. She's nope, nope. So Ignore hot. the rough, bloody girl. Go the other way. We were look engaged. Look at how she saws through that leg. Oh. Oh, I guess that's the kind of thing. It's very okay. And then we can look at this episode in another sick way of what turns on the new generation of people. We get to see what turns <laughs> on Joffrey, and we get to see what turns on Rob. They're both pretty sick fucks, if you ask me. Yeah. Well, I have to say, he's been seeing and hearing his father talk about like. Do the beheading yourself. Do the gory shit yourself. That's honorable. That's the strong thing. Here's this chick sawing off limbs while the attached dude screams in horror and pain and begs her not to. Like, hello, honor in Rob's eyes. <laughs> good. I have a very good point coming from Tom in the chat. They never should have hired Charlie Chaplin's gr- uh, granddaughter, I believe it is, and they should have actually paid to show us that fight. And yeah, if people don't know it, Talisa is... Uh, the actress that plays her is uh, Charlie Chaplin's granddaughter. And it is interesting. It's very clear that how they obviously don't show us the fight. They do that. They do that cutaway. The fight happens while while stuff, you know, we cut away to the end of the fight, the next morning thing, because they didn't have the money that Game of Thrones has later. That's kind of what I was getting at <laughs> earlier with the ratings, that there's a few things that you see here and there that 
watching Game of Thrones in seasons four, five, and four and five, and now coming upon six. You can just see the money coming in. You can see that it's HBO's big money yep. maker that they're putting. When you see things like Hard Home or the Battle of the Wall and I mean, and all that stuff, you see the money Heart cycling home. back in, cycling back in. And when you see some of this stuff, it's like, okay, they're cutting around there. Oh, the action's happening off screen. We get to see a really cool shot of Rob arriving. Yeah. So, Joe, our fart humor is they're all talking about Renly and Loris, and then one of the guys announces, goes, I have something really important to say. And then there's a big. Oh, I thought that was just me. No, no, no. That's funny. No, just good timing. Yep. Uh, just, just perfect timing. And the, the stars aligned on that one. <laughs> 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 and we get some talk about oh wolf can't beat a lion blah 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 we oh. we also had the dvd commentary that i listened to that had the actress that plays melisandre in davos who have a very fun relationship that goes on they don't offer any real interesting information and yeah. Mel, the actress that plays melisandre is sounds bored the whole time uh, but she says a couple of funny things and the guy who plays davos is just very entertaining and kind of keeps the oh, well, I, I think it's kind of interesting though from this point on with Davos and her, it never really changes. He doesn't get more kind of just turned off by her. He's still like the same level. And I would have imagined Davos having already been turned off by this whole religion thing mm-hmm. and Stannis being seduced by her, that this incident would have made him even more disgusted. I mean, it yeah. kind of translates, but not really. He's never like, you know, Stannis, what the fuck? <laughs> Do you realize what just fucking happened? Like, you really don't. You have no fucking clue. You put your penis in that. You should have seen what came out of it. Well, isn't it supposed to be like a shadow Stannis, though? Yeah. Maybe like Davos it looks sees like that Stannis. and is just like, oh. I don't even have the strength to talk about how that's different from what happens. In the, it's 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 almost its own show creation and what exactly yeah. happens. Because isn't there like it's two shadow kids in the baby some in the book somehow? But mm-hmm. but yeah, in like a big in, siege in the, at some point. Yeah, and like, Stannis kind of like wargs into the shadow. It's some weird shit happens. I'm I'm yeah. sort of I'm sort of blanking on it a little bit, or it's <laughs> all a big hot. Yeah. Ho- Bodge of that, but in this show, it's seemingly that Stannis. Yeah, because there's, at Storm at uh, Storm's End, Storm's End or no? something. There's yeah, yeah there's uh, another one of Robert's bastard children being kept yeah. by the Lord there, Edric Storm, I believe. Oh yeah, it? yeah. And Ooh. there's a big siege that goes on, and Davis actually goes in, or the Lord there then gives the kid to Stannis mm-hmm. and gives up the castle. Yeah, yeah. There is a whole bunch of fucked up shit that ends up happening there. It's a whole, it's a different take on it. And let's let's yeah. be clear, for good or bad, we're not going to talk about this because I enjoy both. This is really where season one was very very faithful. Things like this is mm. as George R. R. Martin likes to often talk about. These are the butterflies that start popping yes. up. The slight things that huh. get changed here a and there. Chaos. Yeah, the little things that are going to pay off. Right, because, you know, if there's more of this this character that was kind of introduced later on in the books, we've had nothing. And he could play an important fucking role down the line. Mm-hmm. And we've had mm-hmm. nothing of this character. <laughs> so this is where you hope George said to them, yeah, this character doesn't mean anything. You can kind of write him out. But then mm-hmm. again, they may never have had those conversations pre-production. 
even pre-production season one if they talked about what's down the road because there were already five books written when they started season yeah. one, right? Jo- yeah. George just said he didn't think he they would ever pass him. He didn't really think about this. Joe, a penis has a mind of its own, says Al. <laughs> yeah. uh, Critch says, I'm usually in the minority in this, but I like the change they made. The show wife was the type of woman you could write bad checks for a book wife came across. As, oh, I think they're talking about Rob and Talisa uh, and all of that change. We'll talk more about the change of that as we get further down the road oh, with so with, much to say. with Rob and Talisa and we oh. get into that. So Rob. <laughs> oh Rob. Oh Rob. Bad boy. Bad boy. Misguided. <laughs> He's a good boy. He Just is so a, misguided. He is a good boy. Uh okay, so ultimately in this scene this it's just a I'm going to turn down Joe's mic until he starts uh, fuddling about a little bit. That It's like a really hilarious situation that's, that sets up and the tension gets broken up by the big fart. And before, out, of the, out of the wind and in the fog comes a giant gray wind, which comes out and eats all those guys. Did you think that that Rob was warging? connecting into gray wind in the scene when you were visually watching it was there some it felt like it i kind of felt like someone was watching through the eyes of the wolf whether it be rob or whether it be john mm. or or bran i mean rather and here's here's the thing at, at this point he can't really be entranced anywhere uh rob they're in the middle of a siege they're about to start a battle it's nighttime He's not going to be on the field of battle for everybody to see. And we all know that when you're in this state, you're kind of your eyes are rolled back and yeah. you're not really yeah. like there. Good Bran point. is fully asleep pretty much when he's doing it. So yeah. that when when this fight starts and, and Grey Wolf goes and does that, or whatever its name is, that whatever, the wolf does that. Grey Wind. Grey Wind. There's got to be uh, he's got to be out on the out on the battlefield. He's not warged into it. Everybody would see that. They'd call him a freak. They'd cut his fucking head off. What I'm guessing is it's what I'm guessing is it's more of a that the king in the north has a synergy with the wolf. Mm -hmm. They almost Mm -hmm. instead Mm -hmm. of quite what Bran can do and what we know for a fact John can do. We never get the details given out to us about Rob, but I guess I get a feeling or you get a feeling from the relationship that they have. They almost have a symbiotic relationship that he does almost doesn't need to go in Grey Wind's mind. Grey Wind's well, almost going in his John, mind. Right? He's just always there. You can see, but John actually, we actually have examples of John going into going into Ghost's mind. We've, we That's happened before, or not on the show, I guess. Right. Yeah. So we can only go. We can only go within our own universe. Uh, yes, Grey Wind. says Grey Wind is way, is more badass than Rob. I was going to put in a way. <laughs> yeah, way. <laughs> and Critch says, yeah, it's more likely Grey Wind is feeling Rob's thoughts and emotions. He's an mm. experienced warrior now, and that's what I'm saying. Almost to the same way that my dog, that any dog can kind of feel the emotions of the people yeah. around you, and animals are really good at picking that stuff up. And I mean, and I said that I say this every time they're here. See, going back to these episodes, I really miss the direwolves. And you don't need a lot of them. It's just the little direwolf here, little direwolf there, little direwolf everywhere. It just makes everybody yeah. happy. Yeah, they're not supposed to be like out in the open and up front. Like they're wolves and they're direwolves. And 
they're in danger by the people that will see them. But yeah, they should pop up here and there in the shadows. And wonder what's like, happened to Arya's dire rule. Yeah. yeah. We we hopefully we'll find out in season six. Ooh. So Anna Banana says enjoying my Sunday even more now. YouTube notification just told me you're on. And uh, Andy Bear and me say hello to you, <laughs> Joe and the Crow. Hello, Anna Banana. Great hello. to hear from you. Thank Hola. you. Hopefully you are having a fun, oh. yummy Sunday. Okay, so. Ultimately, in this situation, excuse me, we see Rob slit riding his horse the next morning because we know we know it's the next morning, as we mentioned before. They couldn't really show the fight because they're trying to save money and save up for the big battle at the end of this season, so they're trying to cut corners any way they could. We see a bunch of dead men all over the place. We see a lot of people screaming. And then we... We the, same, all, the same kind of dead men from season five? <laughs> exactly. No, not the same ones. Kind of. And That's the prequel? The actress. The, dead people? the actress that plays uh, Melisandre during the DVD commentary is all hot and bothered by Rob Stark. She can. She is. When Rob shows up, she she starts going, "Oh, oh my! Now that's a handsome man." She is. <laughs> she's. She's all into. Uh, all into Rob. And oh, Aria, why can't you have nice things, says Tim? <laughs> <laughs> I think we know. Oh my gosh, Far Cloud, welcome, buddy, Timo. Welcome, welcome, all of our friends. <laughs> Ren says, not ma- missed much, just fart jokes oh, for so far. I, I think she'll get it back. <laughs> I hope I so. I hope so. I, I won't. I feel like if we don't get anything else happy at the end of this story, the reunion between Aria. In Nymeria is yes. is a, is just a must. It, it, it's almost one of the one of the things that I don't care how storybook it is, and I like I know George R. R. Martin likes to go against the grain, but we need to get that reunion. That needs yes. to happen. Don't yes. rob us of that motherfucker. I know, right? You let her get rid of her for a reason. You kept things in the book for a reason. Don't let this go. Don't give us that heartbreak. Like, I was psyched when uh, Beric Dondarrion ended up back in the show. Yeah. Like, season one, there's mm. one mention he's in the throne room, go hunt the mountain down. Mm-hmm. And then, like, boom, he shows up. He's actually, there's, like, part for him in season three, I think. Maybe in season two. I think season three. Season three. Yeah. We'll, 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 we will get into him in season three. And the mountain is looking for him as well. Vince says, this was such a significant battle, the battle of Oxcross, a major victory for Rob. He would have destroyed uh, Stefford Lannister's foes, which would have had uh, in, uh, emboldened Tywin's army. And I, this moment right now, what's going on is because that Rob and Tywin can't really kick each other's ass right now because it, it's they neither one of them really want to fully engage each other quite yet. And Tywin's kind of playing grab ass with them. And, so Rob is attacking the Westerlands in this situation, doing the same thing that ultimately we see that the Mountain and all Tywin's guys are all doing in the Riverlands. So it's kind of a parallel of what's going on. And I, they don't make it completely clear in the show, but that's ultimately what is going on in this situation. And oh, here, hold on. as Joe's going to get his map, this next scene we get. Yes, let me make put the mic on uh, as Joe kicks, punches the crow in the face. And it's okay. I have two wings. Good girl. Good girl. So, Let's go to Joe's Just to mountain. show you, the mountain is down here by Heron Hall, and he's, he's pretty much all in this area. And Rob's up here. <clears throat> so, like, this is the front. Arya's here near Heron Hall, or on, is in Heron Hall. 
By the end, that of, ends up there, right there. By the end of the episode, yep. Uh, Rob's, Rob's somewhere up here. We gather in the Riverlands, so he's not that far from actually where Arya is at the moment. Mm-hmm. And someone to Eric, welcome, Eric. What you just said in the chat, Eric, I think is probably one of the things more people want than anything to see that wolf pack killing some phrays in that oh, in this, in this yeah. next season. Tear them apart. Oh, gosh. Oh, wait, should I show you where uh, Rob and all them? I mean, nah, I'm Stannis and Renly are at the moment. Show us. Just so you know. Okay, so where am I? That's uh, King's Landing. They're somewhere in this area. It's not really clear. But they're around here somewhere. Probably right around here. Mm. Oh, you can't see it, can you? We need to get you a laser pointer. We talked yep. about this before. This is right. This is King's Landing. So that meeting with Renly happened somewhere in here. Because of the rocks and everything, I'm figuring just south of the Bay of King's Landing down here. And they probably felt comfortable enough to do that because of the numbers they all have. That's where Marjorie's from down here in Highgarden. Mm-hmm. So the whole army's coming up this way. Stannis over here in Dragonstone, right there, has brought his army and his boats down to the southern of this bay. And that meeting happened somewhere in here. Best of my knowledge, anyway, judging from the, the TV show. Mm-hmm. So we see Rob after this moment. Thank you, Joe. I love your love your visual uh, map representation. Definitely need to get you a laser pointer at some point. So Rob walks to the battlefield and gets a report. There are five Lannisters dead for every one of his men. That's pretty good. Rob won big three battles against the Lannisters, so it seems like the war is going really good. But now things start getting creepy as we're introduced to Roos motherfucking Bolton. And Roos starts getting into the whole, I'm going to start flaying people. I'm gonna. We're gonna figure out what's going <laughs> no, on. Oh man, you can't start playing. No, dude, Flaying has been outlawed for centuries dude, now. Ruth. No, you uh, can't start doing that. We're gonna. I gotta flay people. Uh, the, the, I, the, no, I, I just need no. to. Do- if you want to see people flayed, follow around this hot chick, man. She cuts off their limbs. It's fucking awesome. I love it. <laughs> I love. I love the introduction to Bruce because he just doesn't drop it. And in the and I love. No, he wants he to just, start skinning people. Yeah, he's like he wants to crucify and skin people. It's it's awesome. He's like you may be the king of the north but we're not in the north we're in the west so i'm gonna flake people well and if he gets if he gets <laughs> permission to start doing that which he and he his son ends up starting to do anyway now that he's probably no real authorities or army or or anything to joe even though north. we haven't met him he's probably already doing it i'm sorry katie what were you saying right it's a hobby for him, oh, it's a hobby for him. yeah it's a hobby so, for him. so like with him doing that already in the north and and roos wanting to start it if rob let him just start doing that that's going to undermine everything Winterfell and everything Rob's power. Mm-hmm. People are going to start fearing Roos more than they respect Rob. Mm-hmm. And it would be such a huge shift in power if he ever said yes. And it would go and it would go so quick too, because who but, the fuck wants their farm? They're, they're like their cousin or their father or mother. Okay, Joe. Me. Let's like, do, let's do it. Let's talk about it because it's hard not to, and we're being introduced to him. But I don't want to get too far in this because we'll talk about this. We get to season three a lot more. But could Rob have done anything different with Roose Bolton? Was there any way he could have placated him enough, thrown him one or two people to flay to keep him on his side? Uh, or do you oh, think no. Roose? Was- here's the thing: Roose is our like. There's. The only thing he can do to keep Roos on his side is keep him extremely close. 
don't go maybe listen to him girl. a little bit more right <laughs> the thing is, is he opens your pants, the door for himself by by drooling over this this medic chick this silent sister helper he ruins it for everyone right like he, everyone if he okay here's his options with Bruce Bolton keep him by his side where he can keep an eye on him and keep his counsel send him off to maybe uh go win instead of Theon go to the Iron Islands, in which case he probably starts plotting from there with Balin, you you know, I'll take half the north, you take the other half, we'll win it ourselves kind of shit. <clears throat> if he, you know, if he sends him off towards the freight, he's got to keep him near him. There's, I don't see any other, any other option, but he's got to take his counsel a little bit more serious. And he can't let him start flaying people. He can't let him start <laughs> let people start actually seeing no. the yeah. the the sigil in reality. No, it sets a precedent. It's one thing that it's it's you know on cloth and it's their banner. It's another thing if you're walking through the forest and there's a flay guy on a on a. <laughs> Plus, plus that just ruins the ruins the motif that Rob is going for. You know, yeah, the yeah. Grey Wind's going to be eating the flayed corpses, and you don't want that's bad, bad Grey Wind, bad, bad Grey Wind. You don't want him doing that. Let's yeah, let's jump in the chat here for a second. Crit says Roos operates on five hundred mile rules, same as a businessman. Different is sex versus flaying. Flaying. Al Red Sox fans hated Roos for the beginning. Crit says yes, he's got a face you don't trust, and he doesn't drink. And someone said right below that, uh, I don't trust anybody that does not drink. Uh, Tom well, says. Plus, have you ever seen him in a, in a show or a movie or? Even how a stage performance where he played a good guy. And, and, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably, probably not. Tom says Rob is an idiot. Could he really not read it in between the lines and see that the Boltons are actually still flaying people? Uh, Vince also adds Rob was anti-torture and anti-death penalty like his father. Honorable, but maybe not so tactically sound. These not anti-death penalty. No. No. His father no. wasn't anti-death penalty either. His father was death penalty, death penalty, but I will deliver it myself. Yeah. And in fact, we see that in season one, episode one, he cuts a guy's head off. And Timo said, anyone who doesn't drink is untrustworthy. And Lola says, Rob Stark gets turned on watching a woman cut a man's leg off. Just imagine the story Rob could have told little Ned on how he met his mother. Hey, dad. Uh, romantic. Hey, dad. How'd you meet our mother? I was walking over a field. And she was trying to saw some guy's leg off, but I couldn't help. <laughs> I couldn't help. And I was just so turned on. Well, that's just it. That turns him on. But he like. This is like, it, it's a bloody chick cutting a leg off. How much different is that than Ramsey flaying a guy, flaying a guy? You know, um, that's his first, his first thing that he sees is this. Same this, outcome, Joe, um, different, different, uh, different, different reasoning, different, different, different urges, different <laughs> motivations, way different motivations. One's trying to save a man's oh, life. She's helping him by cutting off his leg. So, oh, no, he's what, so hot. What are you saying that Rob leg. is as sadistic as Ramsey because he's getting turned on watching the, watching oh, the. Oh, well, I don't think it's that's necessarily like, the slicing of the leg oh. that turns him on. Oh, I mean, my God. We've gone to a dark place. I'm sure you're attracted to. A surgeon doctor, but like you've never been harder when watching her operate in somebody's guts. Like, come on! I'm gonna I'm gonna speak for that much different. I'm gonna speak. Oh, look at her! She's so bloody! Oh, it's on her face! I'm gonna speak for Far Cloud in the audience and say, "No, Joe! No!" (laughs) Oh my gosh! It wait. Tim says, "Hold on." I kind of like Joe's rationalization here. 
<laughs> oh my goodness oh my goodness joe you're crazy okay that's what see what roos bolton does to us as tim said in the chat we should put roos and cersei in a room together i think everyone would be happy with that <laughs> contain the toxins contain it do that stop that play whack-a-mole with her do something <laughs> tim says i'm getting the opposite of an erection what's the opposite of an erection wow an inversion an aversion yes uh, oh my gosh okay so <laughs> i love how quickly you came up with that katie you're like yeah I'm <laughs> us crows hear about that all the time you don't want to hear you don't want to hear what... see some of the messages yeah. that get attached to their legs yeah, you, uh, you and we what... do read them all you don't want to see what i have to deal with okay so yeah so... but hey one thing's for sure all crows are liars Yes. So we got it. We ultimately kind of talked about all this through this scene. We see Charlie Chaplin's granddaughter on the ground and she's doing some. uh, No, she's look. I mean, it's it's hard. This is she's a nice looking girl. I don't care if she was cutting off a leg or not. I'd probably be getting all dream weaver, getting all dream weaver. Weaver. I believe we can make it. So uh, Rob, Rob gets a little hot and bothered as she, as somebody was in a battle the night before. Joe, you're in the medical field. Can rot set in that quick? Does rot That's set in? That's what I was. I, you know what? Well, I want to say no. But yeah, exactly. Is this the very next day? It's supposedly was, the next was, day. Was this right? wound? Ju- did this wound just happen? Did like he get it? cut in the last battle or like a week ago and this is just like he crawled <laughs> away from like where, well no like he crawled away from like wherever he was with all the rest did, of the injured and wounded did he get in did he get in here did he get injured working on the barge you know he's working down the pier down the docks and he kind of got his leg chopped off some other thing kind of happened because it seems like if I, he, what was it yeah. I kind of assumed that, like, he had been laying there for maybe 10 to 12 hours. The battle had just ended, and they're doing the cleanup now. He's malnourished, most likely. Mm-hmm. He's just some poor dude. Yeah. So I mean, any illness or infection... Good dirty, point, Katie. It could set in relatively quickly. Tim said. Tim, but, Tim was saying the same thing. Rock and set in pretty pretty quick. You know, and like, the, he's probably soiled himself a few times that drained down his <laughs> leg. You know, hell... The way this freaking Westeros is, how many soldiers do you think walked by him before the sunrise and took a piss on that leg? Mm. Yeah, how clean are their weapons? But I, I, mean, I mean, really, that's v- like maybe some of their weapons are even poisoned. Who all, knows? all excellent points with rational. And a couple other people said infection and uh, is fast. Rot takes a little longer, maybe twelve to tw- twenty-four hours. <laughs> Rob gets an erection when he saw a woman saw a man's leg off. What a pervert! And and somebody said, I think it was Farclaw said, the opposite of an erection is shrinkage, like George Costanza. <laughs> the water was cold. It was cold. It was cold. I had shrinkage. Ah, Jerry. Jerry. Oh, oh Seinfeld. Okay. I just imagined, uh, imagine Larry David in that real situation yelling, I got secrets. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, now I get to see your girl naked too, right? Is that that same <laughs> yeah. episode? Yeah, the same episode. Well, now I get to see mm-hmm. your girlfriend naked. What? And I love how Jerry doesn't have a problem with it. it's her that has a problem with it. She's like, wait, what? Anyways, this isn't the Seinfeld podcast. That's a different. That will be a different podcast later on. So I haven't seen. I've only seen maybe like twenty episodes. It's it's a fun it's a fun show, but that's a different different uh, topic for a different day. So uh, she blames Rob for the amp- amputated foot. It's all Rob's fault. And yep. 
and they immediately get into their little moonlighting thing going back and forth. It's your fault. I didn't ask to fight. What should I do? Let people die? No, you shouldn't let people die. Oh, blah, blah. True love. True <laughs> love. Oh, gosh. So, yeah. Love. Katie, were, did some of the, you think Rob immediately started drinking the Kool-Aid was manipu oh, yeah. manipulated in this situation a little bit? Oh, immediately. Yes. He, he is so smitten. It's ridiculous. I mean, he's still young, too. Uh, the, I'm like, not your has lord Has he thing. ever been in love before? Or had a no, crush? No, no. Like, he's with his sisters all the time. And in, fair, in a fairness, in the again, I, I keep bringing it up tonight, but in the books, it's a different woman, and it's someone much older than him that mm. kind of, it's it's more obvious that it was sort of a setup. I think in the show, it's we're supposed to believe it is the love. They fall in love. Fate. And it's, it's oh, Rim, it's... Yeah. it's uh, Ruth that brings that's with him walks him kind of right over to her mm -hmm. and you know and hey you're not my king my lord my king whatever the hell it is she says and then uh she's one of the silent sisters she's actually from essos another one and not like she's just from like, volantis uh, right i think she's from volantis right w which is in essos yeah, yeah no right? i'm saying specifically she's from volantis i believe so uh so have you seen the map that's the like the, the Two eggs hanging off the bottom of the, of the land there. The the ovaries and or balls. <laughs> right. That's yes, it. The, the ovaries are the balls. Uh, <laughs> so they get yeah. they they share sort of back and forth. She rides off. She tells him her name, but she won't give the last name. Uh, they he, he's not. He, we get a little bit. He's not. He doesn't want to invade and be king. He's gonna he's gonna win his battle and go away. He can't stop now. It's too late. I'm in it for the night. Just a lot of. Lovey so and here's the thing: is she calls him on that. She says, "Hey, you, you you haven't thought about anything after the war. No exit what you're gonna strategy. do? No exit strategy. And for that matter, like, it almost seems like he hasn't even given thought to who these people are picking up the bodies. No, he's back a fucking field. kid. He's a fucking kid. That, a, yeah, wait, are these are these medics from our side? Are these Tyrion's medics? Wait, th this is Tyrion's soul. I mean, Tywin's soldier. Is this Tywin's medics too taking care of them? Dra like, are they taking care of our wounded or just their wounded?" Hmm. During the, Timo says during the rewatch, I hated Talisa because of what happens. I feel like she was the big downfall of Rob. Oh yep. yes, Damn. absolutely. Ah. Mom didn't help, Eddard. but this chick, woo! Eddard's the big downfall of all of them. <laughs> the big dumbass at the top. Uh, for he, the most beloved dumbass character in the history of the world. Yes, I know you. Everyone can turn off this podcast. Tim but we've gone through it before. Ned is a dumbass. I love Ned. Great heart. Big dumb lug. lug. You know, you just want to give him a put an arm around him. Come on, you big dumb lug. He's like a 40-year-old Gronkowski. <laughs> well, actually, he was just trying to clean up his wife's mess. In a lot of ways, you're right, Katie. In a lot of ways, you could blame it on and Aaron's mess. And, Rob, and Robert Brown. Ah. He never should have been, been put in the position to begin with. No. He should have told the king to go back to King's Landing. Yeah, all he wanted to do was hang out at freaking. Uh, I fought two wars for you. Winter, Get the fuck winter out of here, dude. Yeah, like leave me alone. Let me relax and enjoy my family. Is there a, is there some way we can just blame Joffrey for all of this? Can we can we just blame oh, somehow? Course. Can we someone fuck fuck that little shit? <laughs> so so it it continues and they Are just. You sure, you want to be sent to fuck that little shit, Phil? <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. That doesn't sound like a very no, nice. That doesn't end good. That does that yeah, that situation no. does not end good. That. Timo says, that's not true, Joe. It's all Ned's fault. Both of them have Ned are dumbass people, Joe. Don't, don't, don't sleep on Ned's dumbassery just because we love Sean Bean so much. I think that's what it is. We, no one wants to admit it. But Boromir was a dumbass, too. 
<laughs> but anyways, sorry. Okay, so Rob says he just can't go back to Winterfell. Blah blah blah. They're gonna be in love. We're gonna talk a lot more about them in the future. So we can kind of, we can kind of leave this off because there's many rants to come in future episodes about about the these guys this season. So the, the or this season and the next season. Okay, so we also get a little bit of DVD commentary stuff that Roos and Davos are really good friends in real life. The two actors and they're good friends. I guess the guy who plays Roos, like most assholes that play real pricks on te- on shows and movies they're real cool guys in real life yeah. so yeah the evil parts become their outlets for their rage and like, it, fire exactly and we also heard in this scene mel melisandre the actress that plays melisandre talks about how she gets people sending her dick pics really inappropriate shit people send to her and on it, via email and via twitter <laughs> she goes i sometimes i ignore my twitter for months and years because people send me really ugly stuff and Davos goes I get sent some weird stuff too and she goes no you have no idea what I get sent so I can only assume that's uh that's dick pics that's so strange to me why would you want to send like okay <laughs> the I night guess. is dark and full of full of terrors Joe Penises. the night the is dark brain is dark and <laughs> full of terrors yeah the night is dark and full of penises I think People it's yeah, they are. But she goes. She she talks about it in the DVD commentary, and that's what I'm saying. They don't add much, but there's a couple of little funny stories that they get into, and she talks about that in, the, in this in this moment. Ona Chaplin is is uh, so hot too, but you don't have to marry her. Just fuck her. God says Lola. Exactly. Exactly. King for Christ's sake. Well, yeah, but she seems to get pregnant very easily and quickly. Beach. Bad news. B-Trax. Ned, I know the truth, Cersei. Oh, really? You do? Dead. <laughs> <laughs> and you want me to leave my kingdom and my people? And mm. Vince says, I wonder if the Davos actor gets crates of onions in the mail from fans. I, that seems like something he probably <laughs> oh, does. yes. He probably does. I want her- onions. <laughs> I want... I- it's a whole variety of onion products. He does. Everyone probably said it to him for a joke. I remember it even goes far back on the TV show The Honeymooners with Jackie Gleason that uh, the actress, uh, what's her, uh, Joyce Randolph, I believe is her, was her name, that played his wife on the show because they were poor on the show. People sent her uh, like stuff for the kitchen, thinking that thinking, <laughs> they're like they sent her toasters and washing machines. Oh my god, that shit. poor family! That poor family. I gotta send them shit. So I'm sure. Bus driver back then made good money too. I don't understand. And he worked forty hours a week. I don't understand why they were so poor. It was all the go- get rich quick schemes, Joe. And yeah. and he lost that big licensing deal to the Flintstones. Okay, enough of that. So, <laughs> so let's get to probably one of my favorite scenes in all of Game of Thrones ever in the universe. Oh my god. Joffrey has quickly metamorphosized from little prick at the beginning to straight up fucking amazing legendary evil crackhead motherfucker of epic proportion in the scene. Sadistic psychopath. Yeah, he's, even he's, better than he's, he's doing it in front of the entire court. Oh, this is amazing to be the Before we Everybody get, knows that she has nothing to do with anything. That she couldn't write a letter and get a letter out if uh, if her life nope. depends on it. Uh, quick, like, quick thing I want to say before we before I go past it in the uh, in the chat before it gets too far. Ren says uh, about Mel, her vagina is dark and full of terrors. <laughs> Sorry, it out dark terrors I, too. And I also forgot in the scene that Lancel was such a big part of the scene. Jo- so Joffrey's putting oh, Joffrey's oh. putting a crossbow down at Sansa, who tearfully asks to 
her life, that her her traitor's brother's actions has nothing to do with her. Now, as Joe mentioned, there's plenty. There's like the whole court standing around watching this, and. She's getting punched in the belly, yeah. spanked with a sword, having her clothes ripped off. She like, I don't know what the fuck Marin's about to do. Like when Tyrion stops him and barges in the room in the in the in the courtroom there, like Marin's got his sword raised above his head. It looks like he's about to come down and, and like actually cut her fucking head off. Yeah, it's really, yeah, he really kind of her with the flat. It's with the, the flat part, the right? Flat but like, ow, he was ow, going ow. up for a big hit at that at that point. He was loving what he does. <laughs> yeah, he was. Everyone says Trant was jolly, best Joffrey yep. said. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Great acting, as Timo said. Great acting by. Speaking of the honeymooners, Jack Gleason here. Jack Gleason. Jack Gleason is just um amazing. In this is mm-hmm. as as. As many great, excellent Joffrey scenes of the, as there were before this, and as many as we get after this, this is him, I think, at the height of his enjoying the character before before he decided he's quitting acting because everyone hates him and all that. I think this yeah. is his moment where he is ultimately embracing the evil at full steam and just he's gleefully skipping around there with the crossbow pointed at her. And and so Lancel interrupts the show by lecturing Sansa how the wolves fell uh, beat Statford Lannister via sorcery or something and then the, and then the northern men eat the, the flesh of the slain Lancel is uh, we, we know who Lancel is Joffrey looks down this crossbow and Sensa says killing he says killing you would send a message to Rob Stark but I can't do that because my mother wants you to stay alive mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. but I can, can send you a message and this is where he tells Trent to go over there and Trent fucking backhand her across the room and punches her and oh, shit wait don't touch the face. Yeah, don't touch the face. I like 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 her, like her pretty. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> and it's just yeah, a- I I just want to say like this is a kid playing this dark evil character. Like that's heavy for an adult. The shit that he has to say and do and seem like he enjoys to the depths of his soul. That got that had to be kind of freaky for him. Like, kind of, I start to hate myself, because what the fuck am I capable of? Yeah, that's not meeting Batman on Whoa. No, and then you start getting letters from people that are just... They talk about that in the DVD commentary as well. Mm. There's one scene where, where uh, again, the actress who plays Melisandre says something like, yeah, people don't really like me. I've gotten, a, I've gotten a couple of things of hate mail. And then it's like during the Joffrey scene, he goes, yeah, you and me might get letters from people that don't like us. People, pe- he needs to walk around with a bodyguard. People hate yeah. him. And, and it's true. It's, it's people, when you play this evil this well and you're that young kid, it has to have some sort of effect on you. And it's no wonder why he wanted to quit acting after playing this character. Seriously, though. And yeah. It's just, it's hard. He's probably also thinking from a performance standpoint. I can't really top that. I'm on, yeah. I'm on yeah. one of the best shows ever playing one of the best villains, one of the most iconic villains ever on a television show. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just it is really hard to top that. You can kind of tell where where he plays. Uh, Batrex says he plays sadism so well he starts to believe it. Yeah. <laughs> Timo says, un- "Oh, I forgot that unburden her." <laughs> it was her bet was the best line. Un- <laughs> yes. <laughs> My lady is wearing too much clothes. Yeah. Unburden her. That dress looks heavy. <laughs> if we want Rob Stark to hear us, we need to speak louder. <laughs> Gosh. And then dun to the dun to the dun, as Joe mentioned, who is comes to save the day? Here I come to save the day. 
Tyrion just goes in there. What are you doing, you nitwit? This smallest guy in the room or biggest guy in the room. I just love how he goes. You don't, you don't want to get blood all over your shiny white cloak. I oh, that's what that's bronze line with the before. What's the meaning of this? He would like to know why the knights beat a helpless girl. And Marin Trent kind of gets in his face a little bit. I do what the king says. And and bronze like. Yeah, fuck you, or you don't want to get you don't want to get that shiny white coat all all bloodied. So Tyrion starts lecturing Joffrey about punishing his future queen for someone else's crime. He's like, she needs to be punished. She didn't fight her brother's battles, you halfwit. I just love how Tyrion does not give a fuck. And he's just telling this guy, you fucking halfwit. And I also have to say, talking about the acting performance by Jack Gleason, it's really impressive. Also, that, I mean, Jack, then the king, I can do anything he wants. But he hasn't quite got to that Joffrey point that we see in uh, season four where he's not going to take this shit from Tyrion. He still feels a little bit like a kid. Like when Tyrion yeah, walks in the room, yeah. he gets that look on his face like he's doing, like he knows he's doing something wrong. Yeah. Like, like mm, later Joffrey would say, fuck you, Tyrion. I'm, I'll kill you now. I don't give a shit. Yeah, he's, st- he's slowly understanding his true power as king. But not quite yet. Exactly. He's still that kid. Like he's still said. that kid. And he's and he, he's straight up more than but almost quite out like you were saying earlier Katie. Almost says it's good to be the king. He's just yeah. like <laughs> And uh, the king can the king can do as he likes. So so Joffrey just go or Tyrion kind of lectures him some more says says uh maybe or goes uh that's what the mad king used to say, and look what happened to him. To which to which Trent goes, Oh, what are you trying to threaten the king? And hey, goes, if he opens his mouth again, run. Kill him. Yeah. Yep, and his mouth shut and stayed shut. And he goes, That's a threat. I'm just trying to educate my nephew here. That was a really fun moment. And then he goes over to yeah, Sansa and he kinda tries to help her out and help her up and get her to be And see, hold on. I, I want to point out Marin does exactly that shuts his mouth mm-hmm. so he's worried that Braun can kill him yeah right yes yes Serial's alive <laughs> Cere- oh, dun, dun, dun. I was wondering where you're going with that Joe right that that's that's the silence of a man who got his ass kicked in full armor by someone with a wooden sword that's broken mm. who just beat the shit out of two other guys in front of you with it uh, also in full armor. And I also forgot to mention that the hound is in there watching this whole thing and not liking it. The hound yep. the hound does not appreciate that. And Glowa says, I'm really intrigued. Does Sandor end up falling for Sansa? I think on some level. Absolutely. Well, here's uh, here's the thing. He... The hound has been bullied, so he knows exactly what this is like for her. Yeah. To, and to be punished for not doing anything wrong. Well, and he's the one that steps up with the cloak to cover her when uh, Tyrion says... Someone needs to get her right. something to cover he herself. He jumps with. immediately. Yeah, and to get, I, to, I think and he, he had... comes to her rescue later. Right, and yeah. to get, uh, that's where I was going. Judge. To go where he goes, ultimately, fuck the king, walks off the field. It's got to be there somehow. This is the this is the journey that he's going to get to that place. The Real moment life. the moment he started that, it wasn't like riding down and killing the butcher boy. It hasn't been anything until I think uh, he smacked her at some point, didn't he? Like was it him that smacked her on the bridge, or was that Marin also? No, I think it was that. I think it was a, the uh, other king's guard. It might have been Trent, though. It might have been Trent on the show. I, and I, I think that's the moment that uh, 
the hound starts the hound starts going in the other direction starts looking at sansa as someone that's get an innocent caught up in the madness of this and what the fuck am i defending this little turd for anyway right i think he might have done something at some point to hurt her but and if that's the case that's the moment timo says Tyrion. oh what was that kate no no nothing okay anyways Tyrion says uh uh Sorry, Timo says Tyrion tries to help Sansa, but she's so much of a bitch she can't even say thank you or anything. Clearly, she can't tell he's different from no, the other land. Of course, she can't say thank you. She can absolutely not say thank you. In she's fact, petrified. she she was she was almost about to say, "Stop, Tyrion! I deserve this!" And like, please, yeah, give me some more Meryn. Like, petrified. and someone said Meryn fucking Trent slapped her. It was Trent that slapped her. Yeah, thought so. But like, that's the moment that it all starts going somewhere else for him for for the hound he's no longer team uh complete team well, he i always got the impression that he was kind of disgusted by right. the treatment he's only I mean, there even because when he, he was there be. and she was seeing her father's head he didn't see like there, he just felt like there was nothing this, he can the do dog what babysitting the child come on dog go down there dog so Tyrion ends up going lady stark you might survive us yet so Braun thinks Joffrey's all clogged up with like sexual tension or something, and they get this. They have a very funny conversation. Where do you think he needs to get off? You think that'll help him out? And he needs to get the poison out of him. Everyone wants. Everyone wants to say this line, the best line ever, maybe the best line in Game of Thrones ever, and one of the most true. There's no cure to being a cunt. <sighs> Fucking right. Yeah. And, and oh. There's the no too, cure. And that's just it. Like, he's abusing a woman in front of the whole court. He doesn't want to fuck a girl, nope. a prostitute. No, nope. no way. If he wanted to screw, he would have screwed Sansa already. This was a fool. You think this was foolish of both of them, right? I oh, think this was so, very foolish of both of them. So this was setting foolish. those two little girls up to get hurt. They were wed- they, he was wetting his appetite. Like, yeah, not, I don't know how they didn't see like. This is this how Je- is this how Braun gets off sending sending poor girls to Joffrey to get? I don't know. Like, and, and they even say it, they say it themselves. What what else does he have to do at this age but pull the fl- wings off of flies or bats or something like that? Yeah, like, hand him some human like, flies. And for that matter, there's so many cats in King's Landing. Yep, uh, they must be finding bones around this castle and dead animals around oh, this castle or in Joffrey. Joffrey's room or. And shit like that. The Hound has had to see him kill little animals. And everyone in the chat is jumping in as well that the Hound just really hates bullies when it comes down yeah. to it. Like, there's, there's no way nobody knows that this kid isn't a psychopath, that he hasn't been torturing animals, that he that he hasn't he's tortured Tobin's cats, that he's now graduated, he's in the throne room, like, having this girl tortured in front of him. Sending these two girls to his chambers was the Foolish. stupidest thing Tyrion has done in the entire series of these books look in the chat look in the chat of timo's most recent comment joe to uh to 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 back up his ex- first dumb moment correct yeah, yes. yeah. yeah. absolutely in, in a lot and, of, and and dumbest moment one of one of them it's up there it's up there it's up there he has a couple of big mistakes and a lot of them are are focused around being too too much attention on what's going on in the side of his family and not enough attention on some of the other factors going on in King's Landing, really worrying about Littlefinger and what he's up to. And he gives a lot of faith to to Littlefinger to carry through what he wants. To too, much of the, to too much of everybody. He should have, I don't understand why anybody keeps these people like you. Are, you are now in control of the small council. So you allow these people who you know are all scumbags to continue their place instead of replacing them with people you know are going to be loyal to you. 
yep. and have their fucking heads cut off. Who's going to give a shit if Peter Baelish's head gets cut off? Not only is it not anybody going to give a shit, it's going to forgive a large chunk of debt probably owed to his brothels. And then what do you get out of it? bunch of brothels so this le- this is just a big long scene let's jump in the chat for a second vince says joffrey just wanted to get back at his uncle for stopping the abuse of sansa and humiliating him in front of the court crit says Tyrion and Bronn just did not understand how fucking evil this little shit is they made the mistake just didn't know how to act rather than he was just a uh, good point ren says i remember in the books that he killed cats for target practice with his crossbow yep, yep. yep absolutely and i it's sick little prick and i and that's one of the things that Tommen had a big uh, problem and why he was afraid and why he hated Joffrey so much. He had to hide his cats from Joffrey, as we find out later. Okay, so so we'll this is a big long Joffrey block as we see him brutalize Sansa, and then we get into Joffrey getting his jollies off. We don't have to take this uh, step by step, no matter how much some of, no matter how much Joe might want me to take this uh, point by point. But ultimately, he ha- we all know what happens here because we've all seen the episodes. If you haven't seen the episode, you're waiting for to describe this. He basically has uh, well, he goes you know hit her so she spanks her, yep. hit her harder so she hits her harder, hit her with the belt so he whips her with the belt. Then that's not even good enough. He breaks out this scepter. It's like a, a big wooden thing and yeah, at first yeah. your mind it's like kind of shaped phallic and you, at first one your mind goes is, yeah. one way and then he's like you know harder harder and he, she's just beating her with this big like almost baseball bat sized well and scepter. it has a, a um the uh, horns on the top mm-hmm. the uh, emblem antlers yeah. and, it, and he keeps going harder 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 and then you're gonna bring her to my uncle yep. and you're gonna show him what he did to her. Yep. Yep. Like, and they should have known that too, that this wouldn't be a gift that would cause anything, but like that if you gave him anything, he's just going to piss on it. Or I, or I'll kill you. Or he says to Roz, do this or you're dead. Right. Mm-hmm. And so poor Roz has to beat the shit out of the poor woman who's, if, baby was murdered if you're Roz at that point, don't you just get the fuck out of knowing what we know about Roz up until now? Doesn't don't you just go the fuck back to uh, up north, or you get the fuck you out should. of King's Landing fast? You should. And I she's and she's this. the she's the same prostitute that was with Pycelle last episode. <laughs> Lola says it was the most awkward foreplay ever. <laughs> oh my goodness Joffrey was a sadistic little prick it's just yeah. a sick moment Joffrey does everything but masturbate in the corner while he's holding his crossbow watching this woman beat the shit out of him but I don't think he did it for any all jokes aside I don't think he did it for any sexual pleasure I think he did it just to send a message to Tara uh, I think he enjoyed okay. it you think okay mostly. you guys think he enjoyed it sex yes. I think that's the only way he can achieve any kind of oh sexual pleasure. Oh my gosh! I I I think you're right about that because he when we get to later on with with uh, Marjorie and stuff, he doesn't show any sexual interest in her either. Yeah. He's he's more interested in torturing. That's because people. am I the only one that that says it's such a far stretch that Cersei's been banging him too? No, she he, she has at least been an inappropriate mother to him. Right, maybe like not having actual cleaning and bathing him until or, late, late, yeah, late in life. He, they sleep in the same bed still, like to something. Every, There's some weird stuff that mothers can do like, to their we don't kids get without any of that actually having to molest. In the or books, good question that Al has in the chat. Do, do we think Joffrey died a virgin? 
God, no. I yeah. think Cersei had sex with him. Okay, so you think so? You think did like like I said, it's not mentioned or hinted at in the books or in the show, but I really don't see it as far that far of a stretch for a woman no. who at twelve pinched her younger deformed brother's penis so hard he almost you know he started crying and that she's been fucking her brother that she fucked her her, fucked her Her fucks her twin brother constantly her cousin like her her son that looks just like her she fucks she fucks anyone with with that she's right that she's obsessed obsessed with her son that 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 it is well known that joffrey has been raised by her that he's always by her side that you know all that stuff He's a mummy's boy. He's a mummy's boy. Like there's no, there's almost no doubt in my mind that that's happened, and George just didn't want to write it uh, for time's sake, or I don't know why, with the size of those fucking books. But as everyone in the chat says, Joe, or most people in the chat are saying right now, and ultimately would not be surprised because she is ridiculous with that, and anyone that has that Lannister look is what turns her on. That's what mm-hmm. that that blonde Lannister thing get gets her going. So I wouldn't be surprised. At least inappropriately touched him. And yeah, that's did, right. I definitely. Yeah, they've had an inappropriate relationship. Yes. Absolutely. Oh, by the way, great fucking mug, Joe. I just noticed it. Great mug, the Breaking Bad mug. Uh, your face. I thought you meant yeah, my mug. Oh, your mug. That that that's pretty nice as well. Yeah. That's pretty nice as well. Okay. So now let's get to this. Anything else you want to say about Joffrey and the, this little sick prick? Um, <laughs> sick. Bravo scene. Bravo scene. Yeah, that, that's that's the only thing. This was we, this whole section from beginning to end is some of I mentioned this at the beginning too. Maybe my favorite Joffrey section of anything on Game of Thrones. It's so fucking good to watch. It's awful. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, he and, just gets oh. Juicier and juicier. Good job done by the ladies too. Let's not overlook how well they performed. Yeah, Sophia Turner did that. Did that excellent as well. And uh, someone said in the chat, I think I think maybe Marjorie made sure she, with all the stuff she had to deal with with Renly, I'm sure Marjorie made sure she sealed that deal at least once. Uh, Before the wedding. Oh yeah, good point. Probably not. Probably not. Yeah, because Joffrey seems like the type that would have been like not before the wedding or some shit. You know what well, I mean? I think knowing... he's terrified of that kind of intimacy. Oh, right, exactly. So he's putting it off, kind of like that episode of Family Guy where Stewie uh, marries his mom in, in the like uh, Victorian time. The, yeah, the alternate because if he had, if he had any interest in that, he would have been fucking Sansa already. And his mother even comes to him and says, you know, if you want to fuck whores, you'll fuck yeah. whores, but you will marry Sansa. Yeah, and like. That says no. He doesn't want to fuck whores, and the way she says that to him also puts me in the spot. Like, yeah, mom saying you won't fuck whores, you'll fuck me, and you'll marry Sansa. Yeah, well, he doesn't understand that kind of intimacy. Critch says he died a virgin, but she probably gave him some weird baths. And I agree with yeah, you. Yeah, I yes, I agree with you a hundred percent, Katie. Yeah, Anything. Way intimate and any warmth kind of feeling coming yeah. in at all joffrey's like eh, i don't like this this feels awkward this is different yeah yeah this is uncomfortable for him yeah this is the pain and the suffering and the uh control he feels over it that's exciting that's home yes it smells like victory so <laughs> so we go to our next scenes to renley's camp where little finger is little fingering it up but ultimately in this scene i think 
because he has Ned's bones with him, is he ultimately, like, all this bullshit aside, him talking to Renly and making sure that he has a place when Renly takes over, him giving Marjorie shit about the marriage and all of that and Littlefinger in with her, is that all just a ruse so he can deliver Tyrion's message to Catelyn, knowing Catelyn's there? Is that so he can? Well, I think it's all it ultimately so he can try to convince Catelyn to get with him. Right, but well, I mean, like, I mean, he doesn't. Shitty time. I just mean I, what I mean is he doesn't give two shits about the Renly situation. He's just no, like, he's no. just going through the motions there. He's single-minded. Um, yeah. he's doing what he has to do to get to these ultimate goals of his. Right, and he he's able to adapt them too. Okay, she doesn't really love me, but I can still manipulate her somehow into being. Me. Yeah, I love how I love how he totally switches up the tactic. He's like, okay, this love thing isn't working. Yep. Time to threaten her. <laughs> time to time to go uh, go to her kids and make and her. He, does, he doesn't really threaten her. He kind of bribes her a little. He says, "Listen, you can either your your sons come marching on King's Landing. When he gets here, you can either have open doors because you want to be with me, or you can have him." Like wait outside the walls and siege the castle mm-hmm. for for days, weeks, months, maybe years. And I just want to mention a couple of things about Renly here. I love how Renly just doesn't give a fuck, and Renly just tells Littlefinger, "I'm not even gonna play with your bullshit," because yeah. Renly's not a dumb dude, and they never play on the show Renly to be dumb. Maybe yeah. a little headstrong, or not a little, a little naive, a little naive, but he's not yeah. stupid. He knows Littlefinger's a game player, and he's not even. I'm not even gonna play a game with you. Ultimately, what you were saying, Joe, about Tyrion, why is he even have him on on the council? He knows who Littlefinger is, and it's like. Why would I sit down with the poker shark? Because I don't even want to sit down with the poker shark because I don't want to lose my... Come on, sit down. I'll go easy on you. No, you're not going to go easy on me. No, get the you're f- not, right. No, no, no. Get the fuck like, out of here. Right. Like, even with the test he did last week, like, okay, you had Picel dragged off. You should have had all three of them dragged off. Like, honestly, really, maybe you could keep Varys around because you're not exactly sure what the fuck he does. He just offers some good advice. But ultimately, if you're taking over this seat, the entire small council has got to go. You pick your own small council. You don't use this, okay, yeah, yeah, I just won the presidency, but I'm going to use uh, George Bush's ca- uh, cabinet. That, that's it's akin to Obama saying that, or if Trump wins, saying I'm going to use Obama's cabinet. Mm. Like it's keep it's politics foolish. out of it, Joe. No, I'm ki- I'm kidding you, but yeah, I know what you're saying. Uh, and but ultimately, I think it's a lot of much to do about nothing with this whole scene with Renly talking to him and Marjorie. I I think it's all leading into the to the, getting to Catelyn. to getting to Catelyn. Yeah. and he talks to Cat and tries to get with her initially, and she immediately immediately oh, goes. It's the face. Like the first They've thing out of his mouth chance. is pretty much like your husband. She pulls the, sword, the the dagger on him in that moment when he starts to get that out, and it stops him in his tracks. Whatever the fuck I was about to say about the fates giving them this chance, she should have stabbed him. She should have jumped on him and stabbed him fifty times. Like I said, nobody's gonna miss this guy. Big fucking deal. Kill him right then and there. Yeah, who's Who gonna care? Cares? Who's gonna care? Who's Who cares, Catelyn? Uh. You believe that much that he betrayed your husband? Get him. Kill him. Why are you even having this argument with him? Jump on him and don't stop stabbing until you walk out of that tent. The red 
lady. Don't don't stop stabbing till the stabbing's done, hon. Until okay. you look like freaking Carrie. But ultimately, he gives her Tyrion's proposal about how she should release Jamie Lannister and release the girls. I have Arya, and he lies to her about Arya and says oh, they have right Sansa. Then, yeah, straight up lies. He sees that as an audience that we, that he's lying. Yeah, he's oh, yeah. he's completely lying. Which 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 is straight up. He does not care about Catelyn at all. This is all for his own agenda. Whatever love there was there when they were younger is completely gone and perverted and just well, done with. He, he, he care, I think he cares for Catelyn, but he doesn't know Catelyn. He doesn't really care about her as an actual, like, emoting human being. He cares as much as he can own her. And that was his dagger, remember? I've seen that dagger. It was mine. I won it in a poker game. Yeah. Like, there's so many reasons to murder this man right there. <laughs> Like, he right loves then like and a there. Loves. Not, not to mention that right up in front of your fucking house, my husband got stabbed through the leg. Yeah. There's so many reasons. There's so like many reasons for her loves. to just jump knife in the dagger to the back of Baelish's head. Yeah. Jump in the chat, Joe. Everyone, knife to the back of the head. Stab him till he's dead, 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 dead. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay, so so after this, okay, so uh, ultimately Littlefinger gives her Tyrion's uh, Tyrion's proposal. Says, "I also want to show you he is serious. So I have a gift for you." And uh, Joe and I often like to say, "What's in the box? What's in the fucking box?" Yeah, like, what's she worried about? Is she gonna have to like stand trial for murdering someone? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, would I mean she's in Renly's What camp would right Renly? That's the so question what is what would, Renly's king. What would Renly do? Renly would go. Renly oh. wouldn't do shit. Renly doesn't like. Do you Peter. know what Renly? All would she do? has to say is he attacked me. Do you know he what tried Ren to make unwanted advances in my uh, tent? Do you know what Renly would do? Renly would go. Oh well, I guess we got to bury him. <laughs> Just yep. something, that, something like that. Shit. Nobody would give a shit. Brienne. Even whoever. I forget whoever it was that sent him there with the bones of Tyrion. Even he would be like, oh, well, problem solved. <laughs> like, he looks at it like a coin flip, 50-50. Either he comes back and, he, and successful, or he gets killed and he's not successful, or he comes back and I have to send him on somewhere, some other way to kill him. Yeah, I, I mean, it would just be a, a fuel for propaganda of the, the ferocity of the Starks, the savagery of, of the uh, North. Right. But other than that, they killed the master of coin, and, you know? Like, th there's no reason. Like, well, they yeah. would spin it. Like right, they would spin it, but nobody would care. Love, no one, love. no one would ultimately love. care. And ultimately, if they ever got their hands on her in the first, in the first place, they're gonna hang her from the from the castle wall. So let me jump in the chat for a second. Seven reference, great, great. Uh, Tom, toast to you. Yep, day off tomorrow. Uh, Baelish is great, and fuck you, says Tim. I love him. Eric says Littlefinger doesn't care about Catelyn anymore. His new obsession is Sansa. Lois says he's such a wonderful, glorious douche. Oh my god, he's such a douche. What a fantastic character, though, mm -hmm. and terrifically played too by. Baelish uh, might be the single most clever man in the entire series, just simply because he is the man. He's the t I would say Varys is personally, but mm -hmm, yeah, but mm -hmm. he would but he is the man that just everything Joe's saying is right. But there, you have to give credit to the person that you know is a fucking fucking you over, but he's, you still let him fuck you over. There are people like that in the world, and Littlefinger's the yep. best of them. And it, he's he just he can't help but take his shit. You're like, why am I taking this? I don't know why I'm doing this, but I'm being forced to do this. Littlefinger is just one of those people, and he's the best yeah. at it. He's a good con, and that's how he survives. Mm -hmm. Is that complete self-preservation mode. And... 
constantly, and he knows how to do it. And especially after the events of the last episode, which we could argue or we did the debate about whether he was really off his game or whether he was acting he was off his game a little bit by Tyrion. But I tend to think that he was, and he at this point he's turning the hat around like sly and over the top and, and is now going in full little thing. No more giving a shit about anything straight away. Not like he ever really, really gave a shit, but he felt like he, he felt like he uh, gave a little too much with that because because of his want for Harren Hall in that situation when Tyrion yep. waved that big matzo ball in front of his face, that big giant dragon smoked matzo ball. Okay, so th- so he gives Catelyn uh, his uh, Ned's bones or Ned's ashes or Ned's head. I'm not sure exactly what's in the box, but something. It's his bones. It's, it's his bones. bones. Okay, so it doesn't smell, because <laughs> because it's because you no, could. It's just bones. Everything. They've been clean. It's just bones. You could play that scene very funny where where she it's, t- been, it's been months. Where she goes. Where she goes, what's in the uh, what's in the box, and then goes. It looks like she smells for a second. She goes. Oh, it's Ned. And then the music kicks in. The Ned Stark theme kind of plays very subtly in the background. Do I spell Old Spice? <laughs> awesome scene played by Michelle Fairley. This when yes. this is her strong suit as an actress when she plays those big giant emotions. She put yeah. we talked about that in 24. We talked about that on other things. When she's playing really uh, that's her that's her best mode and she's she does exceptionally well in this scene with uh with just showing so many emotions when with looking at Ned's bones. Littlefinger is Game of Thrones Snoop Dogg. I just looked up Littlefinger's the puppet master. Uh, Tom says, I always wonder what Littlefinger's ultimate goal is. Does he want power or does he just want to see the world burn, kind of like Game of Thrones Joker? Al Red Sox fan I th- says, I think power. I personally, I don't know. I think he has to have some sort of end game. I tend to be on the side of whatever Varys thinks is usually the truth on some level. And I so I go with Varys's perspective that Littlefinger would rule would watch the world burn just to rule the ashes. I think I think he's he is the Game of Thrones Joker, but a little bit more but unlike the Joker, who's not the kind of guy that has a plan, Littlefinger always has a plan. Yep. He he takes that aspect of Batman to his personality that always has a plan. So, okay, uh, here we can, no, no, not Old Spice, it's Dead Ned. <laughs> good, one, good one, Al. Okay, so here we go. Uh, and the, it, between the scenes, uh, the actress that plays Melisandre says, was talking about how uh, she unfortunately always has to play, like, naked out in the cold. She, they, talk, they were talking about the first scene that they played in a couple of episodes back together. The fire when she, keeps her warm. When she was outside burning people, she said it was really cold. They're always making her be naked. Poor her. She she whines a little bit in this scene. And and Davos is like, oh, poor you. It's it's <laughs> it's kind of a funny back and forth. Speaking of poor yous, we get to someone we have not talked about in a while. Joe and Kate, we have not talked about young Miss Daenerys Stormborn of the House Targaryen. <laughs> Yes, yes. We go to the Red Waste as a horse arrives at Daenerys' increasingly really bad-looking camp. It's one of the riders that Danny sent out, one of her blood riders, and he's on a new horse that was given to him as one of the 13. Who are these 13? They're from a city called Karth. 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 I wanted to make sure I did that correctly. Quarth? No, not Quarth. Karth. 
<laughs> not quark. Now, yeah, I was wondering about so, her mispronunciation because, like, did she see it in writing? No. Otherwise, there's no reason for her to say quark. I think it right. was it's Katie, it to her. It's Katie, been said to her a few times, Katie, so there wasn't you, any reason for her to say it. Katie, the only reason they did it was so they could make uh, Dick Face be a little bit more of a Dick Face to her. Right. <laughs> so you want to know what Karth is? So this is our Westeros, right? This is where like Essos is. We've seen a bunch of these places. Karth is way the fuck down here. It's the greatest city there was, or there ever will be. It's Way surrounded by the bones of the people who have tried to fucked away from Westeros. It's on the absolute okay. other side of the world. Furthest side of that map that I'm I'm holding up. So so, so let's yada yada this a little bit because we're gonna talk more about Daenerys at the end of the episode. And let's let's be let's be real. The Daenerys story right now is just sort of okay, Daenerys, hey. blah, 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 blah. I don't know. I said this I said this when we were doing season one, and it continues into season two recaps. On this particular rewatch of doing it again, the stuff I most likely am to roll my eyes on and not pay attention to and sort of that not even fast forward but just be like okay whatever just get through to the next scene is the Daenerys stuff for some reason this is the hardest thing for me to rewatch it wasn't the first time the first time I'm not saying I loved it but I was interested in it this time I'm like and I think I feel about all the Danny stuff up to a point a lot of it I think it's because I know because when the first time I'm watching it you think that it's going to she's going to go to She's something's going to happen sooner than it yeah. does. Whereas now I'm like, okay, this is just the lead up for a lot of nothing. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, it's kind of right. anticlimactic. It, knowing what we know in the storyline and where we are, it's a whole lot of nothing that leads to more of the same and of the same. Like, how yeah. many doors do we have to watch her knock on? It's a lot of whiny, demanding you know, games. Eventually, she starts knocking the doors down, but still, it's yeah. like, ah. Uh... And that's not to say the performances aren't great. Emil Clark does a great right. job oh, in the scene yes. later in this episode. It's just the most boring part of the story for me. And, and for the most mm. part, with the exception of a few scenes of hers in season one, like the king with golden crown. And, and the naked ones. Yeah, I know, Joe. And like yeah. the, 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 uh, I was raped a million times before you showed up and saved me. Yeah, the you whole. Know, there's a couple of scenes with her that the are Mary really Mazdor good, but stuff. For the is... most part, I'm not a huge Danny storyline mm. fan until the later seasons. Yeah, <laughs> Farcon says naked stuff was good. Yeah, exactly. The naked, <laughs> naked stuff was good. Oh my gosh, Alice is not my favorite part of Game of Thrones. Agree. Well, honestly, uh, this is the first time that Tim's watched it. Daenerys stuff sucks. That's why the chat st- stays still now. Says Loa. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Okay, so ultimately the important thing that comes out of this scene is Jorah gives us some important information uh, in the title of this week's episode. The Garden of Bones is what they mm-hmm. call the little desert right outside of Karth because... Anytime they close their gates, the garden grows. Yeah, exactly. So, okay. On a traveler. So Danny goes, we don't have shit to do, so it's, oh, it's Friday. We don't got shit to do, so let's just go to Karth. <laughs> so, okay. Here we go well, in See, and here's my thing. Now that you know Karth is three days' ride from wherever the hell you are, like, why not head to the next city? Um, because you've been invited there. 
The, the, the whole thing here, the whole thing here is this guy has come back. The Blood Rider has given him a horse and said, "Bring Danny here." It looks friendly enough. It looks friendly enough. So it's a chance. It's something. It's actually an invitation, not just a what if. So you got in that situation. I don't just if we're if we're ragging on her for things that deserve to rag on. I think she made the right decision. Yeah, I think she made the right decision for her group. Yeah, and he's the only rider that came back too. Yeah, they they were all the rest were either didn't come back or murdered. Exactly. Critch says Danny's stuff is tough because she starts out so, as helpless and she has to learn to earn her way. Then she got all powerful but still got caught up in the Marine knot. Absolutely. Right. And earn, yeah. earn her way. She never okay. really does anything to earn her way. We're talking. She's kind of just given everything that she's ever had. And like. I've tried to do it. Up to and including the dragons. Yeah, I've tried to do it, but yeah. uh, let's, uh, let's, okay, no more Danny right well, she burns but, uh, alive I deserve, to birth the I dragons. deserve it all. It's all mine. She give me, give me, give me. Okay. Okay. So our next scene. Yeah, she brought brat dragons back to the world. Okay. Let's get let's yeah, get to something interesting and get to Arya at Harrenhal. So Arya, oh, so Arya and the recruits arrive at Harrenhal. Sorry, guys. I don't mean to change the subject on you, but I want to get off Danny. It's depressing me. So yeah, yeah. Arya, so Arya and the recruits arrive at Harrenhal. We get a great visual of 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 Harrenhal, and it's something I hope we get back to on the show mm-hmm. in the future because it it was a it was a good visual. But I feel like now, when the show has even more of a budget, they could do Harren Hall even yes. fucking better. So yeah, it was good. I was wanting more because I read the descriptions in the book, and so there's it's a lot to live up to. It is. I want more of that. I want more of that, and I want to actually be able to see the close up of the stone that's melted, not just take Hot Pie's word for it because I can't really see it on the screen yeah. that the stone <laughs> is melted. But in fairness, I mean, it looks cool, but you can't really see the definition of the stone in the way that yes, if this yes. episode came out now, you would see on Game of Thrones. It's yes. it's a little like, oh, okay, yeah, there it is. It looks kind of cool. <laughs> I'm like, fuck Danny. Because the reason why, main reason why I wanted to change the subject for Danny is because we have to talk about her again in a little while, and it's a little bit more involved in the scene. <laughs> okay, so we see. We see Hot Pie says, uh, "What what kind what can melt uh, stone up there?" And it's dragon fire, as Arya kind of says coldly. So there's many prisoners in shackles, dead sons. A creepy woman is there saying they take a different person every day. Blah blah blah. And Arya asks if anyone's lives after being taken, and there's just no answer. And Hot Pie is freaking the fuck out and having a Hot Pie in his pants, which he has, for, which is going to happen later. So everyone's chained out in an outdoor cage so that they can get rained on. Ari's on the ground muttering some people's names, immediately starting in on the list. This is the genesis of the list. Joffrey, yeah. Cersei, the Hound, Illin Payne. Repeat. Joffrey, Cersei, the Hound, Illin Payne. I mean, the list is a lot different on the show. The mountain. Well, the mountain too, yes. I'm sorry, the mountain. The, the, the list is a lot different on the show than in the books. In in the show, we find out uh, impetus for it with Yorin. Uh, mm. we, we talked we, we talked to Yorin last week, and also the list stays pretty small on the show. In the books, at times she's just like, I'm pissed off at this person because he stole the last <laughs> the last uh, Twinkie from me, so he's being added to the list. And there's like there's kind of like a side story with that. There's there it. it it, it, the list is a little bit a little bit different and shows how too, how she can go a little bit too far. But show Arya doesn't often get shown to fuck up, and they don't show her get mm. beat. And where sometimes in the book, like she ends up being Tywin's cupbearer, she becomes someone else in the book's cupbearer who ends up beating the shit out of her and stuff. They keep a lot of that out of 
out of the book. Mm-hmm. So uh, out, out of the show because they don't want no one wants to see Maisie Williams get hit. That, it was, it was, it's so tough. <laughs> no, it's so fucking tough. Okay, so everyone is in. Uh, she's kind of muttering, and then we get an ill in pain, <clears throat> and uh, Arya doesn't care. She's gonna kill everyone responsible for Ned's death. So then we get the we we kind of already talked about this scene, so we can yada yada this. We get the Catelyn and Littlefinger scene that we already talked about. We kind of skipped <laughs> we skipped and talked about that in chronological order. So then back to Harrenhal, Arya. Aria. Aria is asleep in the chains, but the knights are shouting and pounding on things to wake everybody up. So the mountain number two comes out, and should we get this out of the way? He's my least favorite of the mountain. This guy sucks. Mm-hmm. Yep. Agreed. Not a fan of this one. This guy fucking sucks. I'm definitely not a fan of him at all. No. Timo says, damn visitors, did I miss anything? You missed it all. We came to the crypts of the meaning of life, Timo. No, you didn't miss. Welcome back, my friend. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, I'm going to turn Joe's volume down again for a second here. So back to Harrenhal. Arya is asleep in the chains, but the knights are shouting and pounding on things, uh, waking everybody up. The one who picks the day's winner every day, it's the mountain too. The the lesser of the mountain, he is my least favorite of the mountains. Yeah, he doesn't fit. He just he doesn't, doesn't fit. fit. He just and doesn't. Even the voice, he sounds refined and like he's not not, not mountainous. He's not imposing at all. There's just no, nothing. Not my mountain. No. Hashtag, not my not mountain. my not my mountain. Mountain two was the worst of the mountains. Mm. So Arya says uh, he. Hot pie says he's. I got this plan. So me and this guy were talking about this plan. If we, if, and I, I gotta say I. I'm not going to say I disagree 100% with Hot Buy's plan. I find that sometimes in school, things like this work. If you eyeball the teacher, she's more the t- she or he is more likely to call on the person looking Unless you never oh. eyeball the teacher. Unless you're like the kid that doesn't have the answers. It depends on the character then of the teacher, Then she's calling too. on you. A right. warrior is going to take an eyeball stare as a challenge. A challenge, yo. Oh, you want to stare me down? Come on, little boy. <laughs> Tom says original mountain still the best mountain mountain two sucks mountain three is overcompensating mountain (laughs) (laughs) I like that it's tough being the third in line is the beanpole mountain I don't disagree but I guess my point standing on a step stool like under that cloak of his but Katie Katie I I mean that's that's the thing in this situation you uh it depends the situation, but I guess it's not without merit to try this. <laughs> it's to look the guy in the eyes. I mean, in this situation, I'd be hiding. I'd be trying to hide my eyes personally. Yeah. yeah uh, but it, no, and it's not going to scare anybody if you pull the little fat kid out front. But if you pull the kid standing next to him, the little fat kid is going to piss piss yep. himself. Which he does. Right. So ultimately, the other kid who's eyeballing gets picked, and he gets dragged over, and they do this little little torture technique with a rat in the bucket, where they put the rat in the bucket, put it up to your skin, heat up yeah, the they bucket. Torture a rat. Yeah, they do. A poor it's rat, a right? Yeah. Poor fucking it's rat. Way in a bucket. And the questions are: Where's the brotherhood? Who's helping them? That's Barrett Gondarian. Yep, the, the brotherhood. brotherhood. And Thoros Amir. Yep. And uh, and so ultimately, after all of this, 
big crazy screaming and hardcore torturing <laughs> he admits that some people were helping them out it's i mean it's just a big setup for well, where we end up going in the scene where it's going to be gendry and then tywin shows up so that night we also see Arya doing her lists again and one of the prisoners asks for some food and gets punched in the face by that ass by that dick Poliver, the guy who stole needle and you hear the name Poliver. yep and, 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 and she perks up at that and Arya adds him to the list and uh, a lot of people are saying the the mountain number one. A lot of people like the mountain three, the the newer mountain, mm-hmm. the mountain, the viper mountain. Well, after well, getting mountain scene. number two, welcome KLC. I didn't see. Oh. Mountain number three has mountain num- mountain number one still my favorite though, just because we got to that scene in season one where he freaks out at the at the at the Ned's tournament, tournament and yeah. stuff. We, we just got to know him so well in that moment. I know it seems like a mm. small moment, but got to understand what the mountain's personality was, and I felt like it came through really well in that moment yes. so anybody right, else after that has just seemed a little bit more just not quite not quite right I, I mean i think the newest mountain works especially works for for robert strong but but well, I, there was there was one scene too in with the new mountain mountain three that isn't he mountain Cersei four though uh, i don't know when he's walking up to the new the final mountain She's walking up. Yeah, she's walking up to him, and and there's something. There's just a weird camera angle or weird CGI going on where he's like squishing little surfs. It's just kind of. It's a strange scene, and it and it put me off of him for until the scene. Right. You mean you mean you mean like when Cersei's walking up on him, and it's very cartoony. Like guys are running up to him, and he's just like killing killing people one after one. It's cartoony. It is a little cartoony. So. uh so, but anyways, I I I like him a lot. He's a he is he's awesome. And if I ever met him, I tell him I love him. Oh, you're my favorite mountain ever because I wouldn't want to I wouldn't want to piss him off. But the first mountain was my favorite because he just seemed like the the most of an actor doing it. You know, See, I want to get a bear hug from each one of them, and, and then I will judge which mountain. It is. It's like the you're taking the Coke challenge. You're taking the Pepsi yeah. challenge. Yes. You need the mountain challenge. I did a hug. You know that bear hug ends with your hat, head dashed against a wall. Well, then you? that's the best mountain. <laughs> he wins. <laughs> that means he wins. Mm-hmm. She'll warg into another crow. It'll be all good. It's no problem. Yeah, it's fine. No problem. She has skills, Joe. Come on. You fucking give, give your crow credit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, enough of that. So here we go. Let's get let's get to this scene. Uh there's a little, I'm not even gonna talk through it. Let's just talk about it. Our next scene is the Renly and the one true king Stannis is seen. Oh, oh my goodness. I do wanna oh. I do wanna mention something from last week that we were talking about about what would what would Stannis do if Renly actually did get behind get behind him? And Stannis does offer him a place in the council <laughs> and offers him to be his. I think he would squeal and scoot away. <laughs> he asks. Yeah, I know. I, I noticed. I realized what I said after the fact, Katie. I, Sorry, I'm a twelve. No, that's fine. I'm just. I'm surprised it wasn't Jorah doing that. I, I, well, he. I waited, <laughs> but no. It's. It seems like he does at least offer Renly. Maybe it's. Maybe it's a bullshit offer because he knows Renly would mm. never take well, it but he offers Renly a place wait wait a second he offers Renly a place on his council and he offers him a place as his heir before he until he has a son so he right. does yeah. give Renly some respect in that manner uh, but, it, but here's the thing the, the Renly being heir respect. isn't 
him offering anything. He's already that's, the, yeah. that's the rightful order of that's things. Just the way it goes. And that's the way Stannis sees it. You're heir until I have a son. So but he didn't he doesn't have to put him on the but he doesn't have to put him on the council. Correct. That's yeah. that's Stannis trying to bargain and <laughs> save his brother's life. It's the only only kind of chip he's got. It, but if Renly had just simply backed his brother from the beginning, there would not be a seat for him on the small council for long, unless they went to war and Renly proved himself on the battlefield or in strategy somehow. Let's yeah. jump in the chat for a second. Timo says, I wish Stannis would have teamed up with Rob or Renly or anyone, but he's just too damn headstrong. It's frustrating, especially mm-hmm. on a rewatch. It is, but, but, here's the thing. I, but I almost, I almost go in the other direction that I wish, I wish Renly got behind Stannis and was Stannis' yes. kind of PR yes. guy and just kind of wasn't, wasn't manipulated by the Tyrells into not even wanting to bargain or talk to Stannis. We talked about this last week, but I wish, I wish Ned and Renly went to Stannis' together and we're like yes. we gotta we gotta deal with this lannister situation and then figure out the figure out stannis is king and you can be the people person you're his hand whatever and, and ned yeah. kind of just sets it up for them in the same yes. way stannis says it to catelyn what the fuck catelyn i'm surprised to see you sitting there next to renly when your husband no and was backing me as the rightful king yeah, like Renly has absolutely no legitimate. Yeah, fuck choice. Renly in this. I I love Renly, Katie. You're right, 100 right. I love Renly. He seems like a good boy, and he seems like he has a good attitude. We talked about this last week. He's a man of the people. He seems to care about the little man. He has something uh, Stannis doesn't do. But when he says things to Stannis, like the whole world denies it. You know, no, you can't be king. No one wants you to be king. Children in their Unborn sleep. Unborn mothers deny it. Yeah. Unborn children. Unborn children deny that you're king. You don't say that shit like what are you trying to do in that situation like he is the king like why do you think that you deserve to oh i mean if they both know and they both ultimately accept that joffrey is definitely not robert's kid as we all know is true like i don't get why renly thinks he has a claim to the throne it doesn't make a lot of sense he's just being a turd and it's honestly the only thing i can grapple on is that the tyrells completely manipulated him and pushed him up to this because it doesn't it doesn't seem like i know he has doubts about stannis and that stannis can't be king no one loves stannis but ultimately what's right is right he was absolutely absolutely manipulated manipulated by by loris and there's no doubt in my mind especially the way marjorie talks to renly earlier that Tyrell hasn't just been reporting everything that he's done and seen and heard in court back to Highgarden yes. and to his grandmother Absolutely. and to his sister and to his father. Um, that's why she knows everything. Like, if you want, my brother can be here. This was completely manipulated. They're already married. You know, they were married before we even mm. saw Renly again after he fled the capital. Like, this, this went down so quick that there's... And we see that scene with him in bed with Loras, yeah. uh, telling him how how he's the, the rightful king or he should be king, and yeah, that, and all can, that, that is not the only conversation they had like that. Like, like uh, Loras, is that yeah. Loras? Ter- he's been buttering him up, Mar- like they've all been working on him this whole time. I think see he, to he get reverts him to this point. right to right. Like we see how he is with Brienne and how kingly he is, and then we see how he is with when Catelyn shows up and we see even how he is when Peter Bayless shows uh-huh. up and that he says he doesn't like him, but he doesn't really insult him so much 
He just kind of gives them. He's a people person. He's truly he a people control. person. Yeah, he's right? diplomatic. But when his brother shows up, he he's goes right for the digs. That and and the first one doesn't really seem like a dig, but Stannis takes it that way. And then the second one, when Stannis finally has to say, you know, hey, cut that's twice shit. I've yeah. warned you now, Renly. Cut the shit, you little yeah. fuck. Uh, the, and he gives them the Michael Corleone Godfather line to Fredo. Spoiler mm-hmm. alert: If you haven't seen Godfather two, uh, <laughs> until my mother dies, until. For out of respect for the woman that bore us, I'll give you the night to think about the, your actions, asshole. And Renly's like, numbers, dude. I got ten thousand. I got a hundred thousand. You got what? Like nothing, yeah. dude. Come on. And Melisandre's sitting there the whole time, going, "Yeah, bitch, I got your number, bitch." And just I'll looking at, it. and just looking at Renly, like, don't speak bad to him. And I love how, excuse me, someone says. Do we get the Stannis line? I'm a godly man, or he's a godly man. Don't talk that way to Stannis. He's a go- <laughs> Stannis. He's a godly man. I love yeah, this. Never, Which yeah. god? Ah, uh, now. now I see why you're following mm-hmm. the red god. Because of her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Good looking woman, Stannis. I didn't yeah. think you were a godly the, man. That makes me happy to see that. Yeah, I love I love that whole scene. This is just a great scene. I feel like Unfortunately, I would have loved to see Stannis in season one, so we maybe could have gotten one scene with all three of the yeah. brothers together. But it's good; it's fun to see the Baratheon brothers and see, and they fall right into a dynamic. It's oh yeah, beautifully almost. And it's just it's, it's, yeah. it, you can almost hear if you clo- if you close your eyes, you can hear Robert in there too, making mm-hmm. telling them, them both to shut the fuck yeah, up. yeah, telling them both to shut the fuck up. And he was probably in his warped fucking way the thing that held them together. That yeah. that oh, oh, definitely yeah. And even because he was, he knew how to, in his own way, relate on some level to both of them at his best, when he Mm -hmm. was at his best. And it's just a great scene between the two of them, and obviously, because of what's to come real soon, something we don't get a lot of. But I'm glad we got it. Catelyn's awesome in it. Melisandre's great in it. It's just, in general, a really cool moment that we get a lot of dynamic between the two of them and really get to set up both sides and i mean people can argue both sides of it but i'll say it one more time before we move on i really wish renly didn't get ganked here and didn't get fucked with because Mm -hmm. if he had just gone on stannis's side and helped raise troops to stannis's mission i don't think stannis was so sold on the red god and everything and drinking the kool-aid so much he just was pow he he just wanted this kingship that was his any way possible and that was the only thing that could get him there because everyone else doesn't support him it was the only thing he had left he doesn't give a shit about any religion when it really comes down to it if renly had been like i got a hundred thousand troops you're the king's Stannis, I'll support you. Let's go fucking take King's Landing together. Melisandre would have been drowned in the bay. Right, exactly. Quickly. Very quickly. The first yeah. time we need to burn your daughter. Exactly. Quickly. She would have been gone. She, and he wouldn't have given two monkey shits about her. Uh, Tim says, you, you can't spoil The Godfather. If you have not seen it, fuck you and fuck. <laughs> never going You're already spoiled. Fredo. Yeah, go That's fuck yourself. No God, there's no Godfather spoiled. Lois says, breaks my heart seeing the Baratheons go extinguished like this. It's my favorite house. Yeah. If Robert were still in the battlefield, things would have gone much fucking different. Stannis is the rightful king, best character, but in, but in the, the books, the show, he's just a shitty adaptation. Mm. Yeah, they took. I agree. Real the moment he uh, he takes show. Melisandre is the moment his character starts to go way off book. Yeah, well, yeah, and even after that, I was able to kind of get back on the Stannis, Stannis train, but like, it derailed so quickly. Yeah, there's like an episode where you kind of jump back on 
four to Steam yeah. Stannis or two episodes. And then he, mm. take, really, that's the moment <laughs> that book Stannis, show Stannis take two drastically different directions. Yes, very much so. And we don't know if book Stannis ever goes like curves back into where show Stannis left us. Gendry, the new Lord of Storm's End, House of Baratheon. Da, 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 da. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, yeah, I, I wanted more Gendry. I want more Gendry. They don't give well, me Gendry gets Gendry. on a. In fairness, Katie, we do have a couple of seasons of Gendry here, so so let's take it while we get take it while we yeah. have it here. This rewatch, do spe- Gendry speculation yeah. later on. This Tim, Tim says also Tim has a long rant about people not seeing The Godfather. <laughs> so mm. so okay, I just want to do a quick reenactment of this next scene. Daenerys goes, let me in. You can't you can't oh, come in. Hey, you said you'd receive us. We Yo, are receiving you. Here we are. Here you are. Uh, okay, you can't come in. Yes, you can't come in. You can't come in. I'm going to burn all of you guys. Okay, you can come in. Okay, that's the end of that scene. Anything else to really say about that? I mean, no. that's about it, right? Oh, the Quarth and the Karth thing. Well, it, it, well, what's it goes face? back we to... We need that guy. Yeah, but, it goes uh, back to how just slimy these 13 are that you're not going to be able to really trust the city when you get in there they were going to turn you away they're using you for something they're only going to uh listen to you and let you in if they see your dragons they have no interest in you and your dothraki horde of peasants your lives right your your lives any other thing um they only want to know what they can get off of you so welcome ladonna welcome my friend good to see you and good to see all you people thank you so much all of my friends b tracks all of our friends al red sox fan ren renwood uh lola tom oh it's just so great to have everybody and if you're listening to the podcast and you haven't already please subscribe to the youtube channel so you can see when we go live and you can jump in the chat with all of these best people the best part of our show is the motherfucking chat so join in in the motherfucking chat get on here and we can't wait i I don't want to say too much about it and i won't talk too much about it but we have a very special surprise for the motherfucking chat coming out in a couple weeks a little video that we were working on the other day in fact the only spoiler i'll get him is you see this little scratch on my face that I got injured in the process of what we were making. So look forward. Did all his own stunts. He did all my own stunts. So, uh, so you guys, we got a very special video with everybody. Some at some place, some reference or some point to everybody from from the channel out in a video that we'll be putting out as a sort of tribute and thank you to you guys coming out pretty soon. So enough of that. I don't want to. I don't want to spoil any of that. So I only want to say one last thing about that uh, interaction at the gate to Karth. Mm-hmm. Yep. Is that we also get to meet Lothar Zor. Darzik or whatever the hell his name is, who is the big sub, uh, sun, sun, summer islands guy <clears throat> yes. that's a uh, merchant. He's also living in, in Karth. These are all just rich people. The 13 run the city. And um, he's the only one that stands up mm. and says to wait, let's hear her out. Let's, let's see. And the other guy's like, no, don't let her in. And he's like, I'm one of the 13. Shut up. Your mother dra- I'm going to let her in. And I'm, he cuts his I'm, hand I'm doing sumai to uh, say I vouch for this person. It's basically doing the classic television or movie. I vouch for this person to come into club, yeah. the mafia thing. That, he cuts his hand. Yeah, he cuts his hand, blood from my blood. I'm She's the mother of dragons. You expect her not to yell at us. And, I mean, smug dude is pretty fucking smug. But he's very – he's not important after this after this episode. He the uh, Ultimately, the guy that lets her in is the only one him and the warlock guy are the only ones of the group of those people that really become super important to us on the show yeah. but 
but we will say. <laughs> Phil, it requires a blood sacrifice. Yes. Raleigh. <laughs> oh, welcome, Raleigh. Welcome to the show, kitty cat. Betty's over there as well, passed out. Okay, so so anything else you want to say about the Karth stuff? We're gonna talk. We're gonna we're gonna have to talk about that a lot more as this as this season goes on. Oh, that's it. So we that's get a we, we get a little bit of blood magic hints going on there, maybe. Okay, so then we go to Harren Hall and we get the same kind of sort of setup that we were about to get last time, and this time the picked kid is <clears throat> the picked uh, picked prisoner is none other than Gendry. And so Gendry gets put in the chair, getting ready to be tortured. Oh, and no. just at the right time, who is our hero? Bump, bump, Tywin. Bump. Tywin yeah. motherfucking Lannister. And he looks like he's got, like, eyeliner on and shit. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, glistening in the wind. from battle. And, Tough he, road. and he's the parent coming home a day early, and the kids haven't cleaned up the house yet. And what the fuck are you doing? Why are you killing these people? Find out what they do and put them to work, you idiot. Yeah. And he just basically that's that's that he rides in and says stop killing the fucking people who need to do the work around here you want to clean up the shit do you do you do you motherfucker do you and then he t- turns to Gendry and goes do you have a do you have a trade do you do anything and Gendry's like yeah I'm a smith and he goes he's a fucking smith you could have somebody making fucking weapons get him right that's not a that's not a trade that just like everybody can yeah, go smith nope. shit like yeah, no. that's a hard learned trade this kid is valuable valuable yeah. Basic, basically Tywin turns into Red Foreman here and is calling all these guys a dumbass it's like you're a dumbass you're a dumbass you're a dumbass like and the what highlights how just how dumbass they are is this one guy who they picked next to pork pie last time is like, hey, uh, yeah, okay, here's some information. And the guy's like, great, thanks, kill him. Yep. In front of everybody else who's witnessing, oh, so even if we do give him information, made up or not, yep. we're going to get killed. So who gives a shit? Tortured. Like it ruins anything this guy's trying to do. Well, that, and that's why I say I think they're just doing this for fun. For fun. For fun. They're, yeah, for yeah. Fun. they're bored. So let's they're let's kill these. The let's kill these the people. And, right, exactly. and just to hint that too is is how he's asking the questions too. He doesn't care. He's he, no. he's, he's eating an apple. Eh, you know, where's the, the gold? Where's the silver? Where's the brotherhood? Blah 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 blah. Where's the brotherhood? So ultimately, this whole scene culminates in probably out of all. Even though Arya has some pretty fucking great pairs between Cereal Pharrell, uh, Yorin, the, the, the Hound, and all the other people uh, that she interacts with, one of my favorite things ever that the show did differently than the books and one of the best changes they ever made was putting Tywin and Arya together. It is mm-hmm. fucking awesome. And... Somehow a reference in the scene goes over to Arya, like, I'll shut up, boy. And Tywin goes, or I'll beat the shit out of you, boy. And Tywin's like, no, you won't, because this is a girl, you fucking idiot. Like, Tywin doesn't fool Tywin for one second. He's like, you're a fucking girl. And then she kind of says a wise-ass Arya thing. And as he's walking away, he goes, girl, you come with me. Bring the girl. I need a new cupbearer. And really, they don't, I I thought I remembered that was in the books, no? No, it's not Tywin. She is the cupbearer of somebody, but it's a different lord. But it's a different lord that ends up, like, beating the shit out of her and stuff. It's kind of a different sort of, yeah, it's a different situation, whereas uh, the show kind of just, just decide to make it Tywin, which because they probably wanted more for Tywin to do in this in Absolutely. this in this stretch. Yeah. And, uh, and it is brilliant. It really, brilliant. You, you it put Maisie brilliant. Williams and and uh, and Charles Dance together in a scene in scenes together. Oh, what experience for her. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, shut your cunt mouth or I'll eat every fucking chicken. Yeah, or shut your cunt mouth or I'll eat every fucking chicken, of course. Of course, it's probably my favorite of her companions. But I really do love her interactions with Tywin. So, okay, so that, again, that's another thing. This episode's a big setup episode for a lot of things. We're going to see it pan out for the rest of this season. So we go back to King's Landing. Uh, Tywin opens the door of his chambers to discover Lancel Lannister. Oh, I haven't seen you in a while, cousin. Uh, great of you to visit me. And ultimately, this whole scene is Tyrion completely manipulating Lancel and using the fact that he's fucking Cersei. Oh, blackmails him. Yeah, blackmails him. Blackmails Straight up blackmails him. You will tell me everything Cersei says, or I will tell everybody that you're fucking Cersei. Uh, and of course, Tyrion and Lancel doesn't see through this at all, but Tyrion could never ever tell anybody even joffrey Tyrion opens his mouth about that and it only does one thing but confirm that she fucked jamie and had joffrey so even if he went and told joffrey joffrey would really if he thought about it for even half a second have to kill Tyrion as well Oh, and Arya was Roose Bolton's cupbearer. Okay, and uh, someone oh, said... right, 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 Roos. Yep. Note to Tywin. She does meet him in one scene, doesn't she? Isn't he at the table at some point? Tywin? <laughs> K- yeah. No, no. Uh, Roos and Arya. K- uh, KLC says, note to Tywin, always have a shot... By- oh, shit, buddy, from now on. <laughs> yes, it was, yes, it was Roos. LaDonna says... Oh, yep, I was asking the question in the chat. Shit, buddy. <laughs> yeah, Tywin needs to make sure he always has a shit, buddy. So... Uh, anyways, so after this scene of uh, so Tyrion completely blackmails uh, Lancel to turn into his little little thing to own Lancel and use him as a spy against Cersei, completely focused on understanding and and trying to stay one step ahead of Cersei's craziness. Great scene, great fun watching Tyrion. Tyrion does Peter Dinklage. <laughs> as always owns Tyrion scenes and and I love how we're in the 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 stretch of some of the best Tyrion stuff for me when he's when he is in this position seeing Tyrion in a position of power which just to go to season 6 for a second something I think we're going to see again in season 6 with how they're setting it up for the fact that he's probably I should save this for a season 6 predictions video or something but ultimately it looks like Tyrion's going to be in charge of Marine, so we're going to see Tyrion in a position of power. Well, it's not just Marine; it's Sli- all the yeah, cities all that she's but, kind of but, but Tyrion's going to be the main person in charge. It's not going to be Masande or fucking, uh, fucking, Jorah. yeah, or some of those people that are hanging out. No, Jorah went to go look for Daenerys. It's with, uh, um, with uh, Dario. It's it's uh, Grey Worm. Is there? It's it's Grey Worm, Masande, and Tyrion. I wonder who's going to be running things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, it's going to be fucking Tyrion. So uh, Tyrion is the smarter one. Oh, good old Cersei. <laughs> he could have used an old good old shit buddy. That is. Arya also uh, removed Bolton's leeches. Oh, gross. We're getting there. So yeah. So this is uh, all, not much more to say about that. Tyrion. Tyrion uses uh, Lancel to spy on Cersei for him. Mm-hmm. So here we go to our final little <coughs> stretch of the episode. We get Stannis is on a boat with Melisandre and Davos. We learn that Davos keeps his uh, finger bones in a bag around his neck. We get a fun little scene between Stannis and Davos the, doing their odd couple routine, uh, which is really funny because, I don't know, they, they just have a good dynamic. As much as I like I wouldn't say I love Davos in the books. I I love the actor that plays him on the show, and he adds a lot of color to Davos for me. 
So I, I, I really like, he's another character I like a little bit more on the show than I necessarily yeah. like him in the books. Or he's a little bit more memorable to me, almost in that same way Braun is that. I, I like Braun and I like both and both, but I really love this actor and I love his dynamic with with uh, with Stannis and, mm-hmm. and the balance that they have. So we just go back and forth between these two, and let's just say I mean we can talk through this point by point, but it's it's really a big lead up to Stannis only trusts Davos to go smuggle Melisandre, and we get to a scene where Melisandre and Davos are kind of, where he smuggles Rosa across. She kind of makes some sexual advances on him. I know you want to fuck me on your night. Oh, yeah, you do. You want to see what's under my robe. Yeah, see that's me naked. really creepy, too. It like, is. She really just brings it right there. How many times does he have to say, really, lady, I, I don't like you. Yeah, no, I'm not into you. Do you think that's part of it, though? She gets off in the fact that he's so disgusted by her, so yes. she's kind of playing of with it. Absolutely. I think I think we've all seen whether it's a guy or a girl, someone that you're totally not into, and they get off on the fact that they're not into you, and they're like, "Hey, yeah, you want you want me, you totally want me." I mean, ever, a lot of people have dealt with people like that, and I think Melisandre's kind of fucking with them a little bit with that too, knowing mm-hmm. how much he hates her and just playing with playing with her <laughs> on that end. Uh, I love Tyrion; he's a fucking genius. I agree with that, Lil. He really yes. is. So yada yada yada, she they go into a cave. Yada yada yada, she takes off her clothes and she's suddenly pregnant, and every, it's a big huge surprise. Yada yada yada, it's really horrible and, and tra- traumatizing to anybody yes. watching. And she births out a fucking shadow baby. Holy fucking shit! The actress talks about this and she says it was extremely cold. It was a really fun scene to shoot, but it was like a really dark, disgusting thing that she had to lay on the ground, really lay on the ground naked for like eight hours and shit so yeah yeah i'm sure we're gonna have to do this take a second uh, time Uh, no take take 27 i can only push that thing out my once i can't do another take on that no god damn it no and that's really how our episode ends with with uh stannis uh giving davos the job to take care of melisandre and take care of the shadow excuse me, take care of the shadow baby. And where will the shadow baby go? What will the shadow baby do? Seems Gee, to, I wonder. I wonder. I wonder where that baby's going. Stannis Jr., smoke monster baby. Yep, it's, it's, going, to, it's going to the island of Lost to go meet up with, the man, with uh, Smokey, the man in black, and, uh, and go, go uh, kill, kill uh, sorry, no Lost spoilers here, and go uh, kill Matt Parkman in the plane. So let's jump in the chat one second. I, says, I, I, no lost spoilers. Come on, lost didn't even spoil lost. <laughs> lost was like, did you want an answer? Never. <laughs> you, you you want something to to spoil for your for your family and friends tomorrow with the water cooler? Too fucking bad. <laughs> let's Absolutely ju- nothing happened. More questions. Before Bye. before we call it a night, let's jump in the chat. Critch says, and here comes the evidence that the Red God is not just a bullshitter, vagina smoke monster. LaDonna says, Davos and Melisandre played lovers in another film. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Thank mm. you. Thank you, LaDonna. Uh, Al says, I hate that Red Witch. Timo says, uh, smoke monster baby. That makes a lot of sense because they did the DVD commentary to uh, – or the – the commentary to this episode that I was listening to, and they have a a familiarity. They ha- definitely have a certain dynamic with each other that they yeah. have a chemistry like they've worked together before. So that makes a lot of sense. Thank you for that information, Lindor. Well, you know they do the DVD commentaries too after they do all the filming for these scenes. No, absolutely, it's it's right. Actually, I know almost the exact day that they did it because both of them talk about how before they recorded that they went out together to see the movie Django. 
So they recorded it right around the time that the Quentin Tarantino movie Django Unchained came out. Is when they recorded the commentary for the season two DVD. Oh, I have the best uh, Dr. Schultz amazing painless dentistry. <laughs> so let's jump back in the chat. Ren says she said something like, the brighter the light, the darker the shadow. Chris says when those claws close on her ankles and pulls, I lost any thought of sex ever. Lola says, yep, that has to be the freakiest thing any man could ever see. Stannis told Renly he would give him till till dawn. I guess he lied. Tim said, you're right, Joe. Lost was like, spoilers, <laughs> well, suck my boss. <laughs> but ultimately, that's right. First of all, he didn't give Stannis, Stannis the night. Secondly, maybe Melisandre was fucking with Davos a little bit, too, because she knew that she was eventually going to unveil the pregnant baby and birth a shadow baby in front of him. I love Davos' yep. face during the whole scene, too. He's just like, shit, I didn't want to see that. Oh. Well, about it. oh, fuck, man. Fuck me. Holy shit. So I guess, I guess, guys, that's as good a time as oh, any. To call it a week and call it another episode of Game of Thrones. Everybody, thank you so much for joining us. Whoa. Oh, shit. Music's up too high. (laughs) That's a new new ending song. I know. What the hell's going on? (laughs) Holy shit. Everybody, thank you so much for joining us on this thank Game you. of Thrones podcast. It was really great to have you. Really great to spend your, this Sunday evening with you. Have a couple of drinks. That reminds me that that closing credit music reminds me that uh, video game high school is pretty fun. Yeah, yeah, it is a funny movie. Yeah, good show. It is a funny, funny show. But Phil, watch it. Uh, Nicole Arbor's oh, the dear fat people stuff. <laughs> I haven't seen that yet. KLC, night, folks. Night, Ladonna. Good to see you, Timo. Good night, Tim Gash. Good night, everybody. Good night, all you guys. We'll see you next. Sunday night for episode five. We'll be back same time, same bat time, same bat channel. Talk about some Game of Thrones season five. Also, look this week for another for a possible another special surprise or two. But everybody, if you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button. Please hit that like button. Dig the new banners. Oh yes, dig the new banners. The Fantastic. Joe and Katie's new banner and, and yours uh, too. Uh, yours was up last week. Well, whatever. It's good. To, good to have it. Good to not have to rely on the that crappy. Now that we have these, it makes the old ones look really shitty, like the Google yeah. Plus ones. Like, I, like if you if we didn't have these and just had the other ones, it wouldn't look so bad. But because we have them, looking at the old ones, just look like shit. But also this week, I will be back. One night this week, uh, probably maybe Friday afternoon, maybe with Mr. John Riley. I don't know, depending on scheduling. This is going to be DC week, where uh, Arrow comes back, Flash comes back, and we have the new series premiering. So I'm going to be doing a little bit of talking about those at some point this week. Matt and I may be back this week with Sopranos. Matt's been a little bit busy, so uh, we'll be back at those eventually. And also, we have a very special video possibly coming this week. i got to think about when I have some time to record the end of it. I'm really excited to show that. We, uh, Joe, John, and I had some fun in the woods the other day recording yeah, something did. for you guys, and I can't wait to show it to you guys. So, everybody, have a good night. Talk it had to nothing y'all. to do with squealing like a pig when we were in the woods. Definitely. Most. <laughs> Squeal Most. like a pig. What are you talking? Are you talking about deliverance, Joe? Oh, <laughs> 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 you shit. That's a good place to end. Everybody, don't watch deliverance. It's horrible. Good night, everybody. Have a great week. Enjoy the day off. Anyone that has tomorrow off, thank you to everybody in the chat. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Tom says, fuck damn, I hate comic books. So does Joe. Joe doesn't really like any of those shows I just talked about. He's like, yeah, fuck that. I'm not talking about any of those shits. It's it's just good. And also, all the shows start to come back this week. Limitless comes back. A couple of other shows come back this week. It's going to yeah. be fun. So, so much shameless, I think. Sh- 
Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a fun time. And then the th- uh, all the shows come back February 18th. Joe and I are gonna be a lot more busy starting on that week of February 14th, where we have The Walking Dead come back on the 14th. We also have Better Call Saul coming that week, and Vikings all come back in the same week. Yay! Okay. Busy season. It's Yay. gonna be it's gonna be a busy season, folks. So everybody, we love you all. We will talk to you all next week. Good night. Peace.